Welcome to episode number 199 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast. We are recording March the 19th, 2023. My name's Eric, host of the show based in Southern Ontario, hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator, as we're going to see this evening, and a computer geek. As a uh, first responder, witnessed an over-reliance on emergency services during major events and started a small preparedness company to help people better prepare for at least 72 hours, if not longer. I'm Scott, a first responder from Ontario and radio nerd wannabe. I like learning things and I worry about our fragile infrastructure. And I'm Jeff. I'm based in central Ontario. I'm a target shooter, ham radio operator, general overall handyman and weather nerd. There we go. And I'm Brad. I'm in Eastern Ontario, part-time amateur prepper, constantly trying to better myself. My name's Fear. I'm a tactical beard owner, based merchant maker now, because we dip their hands in many honey pots that are getting a lot of fun. Uh, government critique and the reason we have to hit the explosive button. Sounds about right. <laughs> And if you want to help to support the show and keep the Canadian Prepper Podcast on the air, buy some swag. We have both the Canadian Prepper Podcast t-shirt and the Tactical Velcro patch. They can be found at prepperpodcast.ca. All proceeds help keep the lights on and the backup generator fueled. And if you're enjoying the show, please take a few minutes to like us on Facebook and submit a review on iTunes. Also, we want your feedback, good, bad, or just a topic you want us to cover. You can email us at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. All right. We do have a frugal gunny with us this evening as well. He's decided to return for a second episode. If you want to take a quick second to say hello. or Thanks so much. Uh, it's nice to be back. Um, decided to come back into the fray again. I uh, just started my learning curve in the ham side of things, so I'm quite happy to listen in and learn a whole, whole lot. So expect me to ask lots of questions. What's your right. recommendation well, on uh, mustards <laughs> for the ham sandwich? We're off to a fantastic start. So we've got some transmittable content for you in this episode, and uh, recommendations on mustard for ham sandwiches will uh, will come along with the content this evening. I'm sure. Uh, first, we're going to start out with some recent news articles, as usual. Then we'll update you on our personal preps. Then we're going to get to the main topic. And it's either going to go really well or it's going to go crashing down in a ball of fire. We're going to see how this is going to work out. We spent about, what, three hours or so last night getting this tuned and, yeah. and figured out. So if all goes well, we're going to make some contacts tonight. If not, I hope everybody brought a drink and we'll just turn this into a party. I'm down for either right. one. Perfect. Well, let's move into the news, shall we? The world is still turning. The world is still turning. For now. Yes. So I've got a, I've got a couple of uh, news articles. I'll touch the first one first, and then I'll make a comment before I uh, jump into the second one. So um, 400,000 gallons of contaminated radioactive water leaked at a uh, nuclear power generation site in Minnesota, in Monticello, Minnesota. It happened in October, or sorry, it happened in November and is just hitting the media now. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not impressed by that at all. Uh, I mean, when something like that happens and it, it, I mean, it just, and this is where I say, you know, don't trust the government. Um, the company reported it to the federal authorities. 
And they said that the federal authorities said they were, quote, waiting to get more information before going public with it. They what said they knew there was presence of tritium in monitoring wells. However, XL had not identified the source of the leak and its location. Then they went on to say, now that we have all the information about where the leak occurred, how much was released into groundwater, and this is a good one, that contaminated groundwater had moved beyond the original location, we decided to share the information. Bullshit. So, Great. yeah. The and the explicit button goes to Jeff tonight. Yep, yep. So, High five, Jeff. Yay, woo <laughs> um, I will hold my comments. This is not Monday nights. No, no. <laughs> but you could have that one for Monday night. The next one, Pierre, you'll hold for Monday night for sure. So all yeah. I'm going to say on this second one is I'm just bringing it uh, forward for information. Um, we're not going to debate it. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to go down any kind of rabbit holes or roads. Um, we're, I'm just going to put it out there. And, 200 tonight. And we're going to move on. Yep. Um, so the word out there, according to the world, according to Donald Trump, is that he's going to get arrested on Tuesday and he is calling on all his supporters to protest. So the only reason I'm putting it out there is just keep your ears to the ground on Tuesday. If something happens, if some protest happens, make sure that you've, uh, you're, you're, you're prepared to be able to get out of where you are or whatever. Um, we're not going to debate anything on Trump or anything. Just be aware that there's the potential for some civil unrest should things unfold as Trump thinks they're going to. And I'm leaving it at that. Nope, good, solid you advice. Think so. Uh, so the article that I pulled was from a suburb of Arizona has lost its only source of water. Uh, the residents warned they're just the beginning. It's a fairly affluent suburb. Um, but all of their water was being trucked in from Scottsdale, Arizona, to this little suburb with a lot of uh, sort of large custom construction homes, uh, some ranches, that kind of thing. Uh, but because Scottsdale is so short on water, they've stopped letting the trucking company come and collect water. It's super interesting because it's just looking at some of the climate change issues and uh, these beautiful homes that are dependent on water being trucked in from now twice as far. So the water costs twice as much because the trucker can only make half as many trips a day. Um, so following up on it, I actually reached out to uh, one of our contacts from Arizona just to see what uh, what boots on the ground are actually experiencing. Um, haven't heard back yet, but uh, just as a sort of future warning, we know water is going to be an issue. Um, and in the southern states, it's already there. Uh, I'll defer to Jeff to see how the snowfall in California has improved things. But... It could be that we're uh, we're going to be in a world of hurt at some point. Tracy has a good comment there. I was going to ask something along the lines of, uh, I hope they're not filling up their swimming pools with it. Because that would just be a great use of water. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, um, I mean, a lot of places down southern states have gone away from green lawns. You know, it's all... Um, desert 
desert plants in the front, that sort of thing. Um, you know, I think there are still some swimming pools. But when you look at like Las Vegas, all those hotels have huge gray water recycling systems and um, put a tremendous effort into water conservation and multiple pass uses just because they know it's already a huge problem for Vegas. But, you know, it's these suburbs where, you know, a truck came and filled your cistern and there's nowhere to get water anymore to fill your cistern. Uh, you know, and wells are running dry and it's... Uh, uh, just a little troubling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the water's coming. I've got one. Now. Oh yes. Yeah, but I mean, just just wait. Government will be there to help soon. Um, I've got one um, about chicken laws in Ontario. So everybody's had that whole craze about you know I'm always heated to being so. Yeah, you know, but. Um, so this article is kind of funny because the person that they're specifically talking in this one, this guy moved from um, Pembroke, which is not so rural, but kind of rural, but moved up to the Madoc Township, which is north of Belleville. Gorgeous country, very agriculture, hunter-oriented, lots of big properties, uh, nothing big up there. Um, and it's just the debate of this guy, why this person doesn't understand why he can't have chickens in Madoc, but he could have them up there. Or there are strict guidelines. I think it was um, the zoning requirements was six hectares to have chickens, which is like a crazy amount of property considering how small they are or whatever. So it's just, you know, with everything going on, if you plan on moving, apparently looking into potential bylaws on uh, garden size, um, you know, if you're allowed to have livestock, if you want to be more self-sufficient, um, looking into all that before maybe, you know, jumping on that property in that nice place that you can't do 90% of what you want to do with. Um, yeah, it's just a, it kind of shocked me because I've, I've been up to Madoc and I'm like, like, there's just nothing around. Like, why can't I have chickens? You know, but you can in Pembroke. So it, it was just a, a funny article. I kind of found it funny. So. You know, if you plan on moving, maybe looking into those specific bylaws on uh, what you want to do with your property. You mean planning you... ahead? Weird. Yeah, it's it's kind of dumb. There are some places, and I mean, I, yeah. I could almost get it like in the middle of a of a of a city yeah. or a town or whatever. But if you're five minutes out of town and you've got a small little chunk of property, who freaking cares? Like really? Like you know, the Karen five kilometers down the road from you. They, yeah, she cares. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I get yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Does it differentiate, does it differentiate between having chickens and having roosters? Because there's a big difference. Yeah. yeah. No. So this one is specifically the first thing says patchworks of bylaws means hens may not be permitted in one township or may be permitted, sorry, and outlawed in the next. So it's not even roosters, it's hens where you get your eggs. But yes, I do know that there's that with roosters as well, right? Because they could be a little yeah. more annoying at first sunlight. Just slightly. Slight. Yeah. But th this article specifically is about hens. So that's what specifically caught me uh, off guard. Yeah. Says here, the article says here, only after moving did he, yeah. he, he must own a lot measuring at least six hectares in order to keep chickens which is a, roughly the size of seven and a half Canadian football fields. Anything short of that 
you're not allowed to own a single laying hen. Hmm. That's nuts. Yeah. I could understand if you wanted cattle, you know, yeah. things that yeah. absorb a lot of um, natural grass and everything to maintain that eating. But yeah. I mean, like chickens, you know, yeah, it, it, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's a very weird article. And, you know, the takeaway from it is, hey, that looks like a really good deal on property. Um, what's the bylaws for chickens? Maybe even gardens. You never know. You might not be able to have too big of a garden, whether you agree with it or not. They're saying for sale sign no. in the front freaking yard. Well, yeah. I, I recall, um, I, I can't remember where it was, but it was a, a news article. I think that we had quite a while ago that there was some area that you had to register your garden. Yeah. They're starting that in the U S. Yeah, yeah, you like I, if you wanted a garden, you, you had to register and tell them that you you had a garden. Yeah, no. Yeah. So no thanks. Yeah, and I think it was also a requirement that you tell them what you're growing in your garden. It wasn't oh. just that you had a garden, but like what you planned on growing in your garden and everything. Yeah, I remember seeing that article and I was just like, Yeah, that's not ever happening. Yeah, no. Yeah, I reiterate no. my previous <laughs> statement for sale sign in the front fucking yard. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Sorry. Explicit button times two. Yep. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, like I own the I know in Canada we don't own our property. We just basically rent it forever from the government. But it's as still, long like, as you keep paying your taxes, yes. Yes, yes. Okay, whatever. But it's the rental. Like, I, paid, I paid for it. Screw off. I want to do what I want with it. I don't need six and a half hectares of land to have one hen. Uh, we're getting into Monday night. Yes, we are. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. Yes. All right. Before everybody gets completely angry and pissed off, how about we move into what we've done lately for preps? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I took the opportunity of uh, prepping for this uh, podcast to play with some radios. Um, I don't have a permanent setup uh, at my place. I just kind of set things up as needed. Um, but it's always fun to get it all set up and try and make some contacts and test my equipment. So I quite enjoyed that. Um, about and then uh, I have a lovely... Apparently... It's, Eric isn't every night about radios. <laughs> it is. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I was playing with a Faraday box uh, tester um, from Disaster Preparer. Uh, there is some assembly required. So uh, I got it all assembled and was playing around with it. And um, I mean, it's. Uh, I, I believe Dr. Bradley in that it's reasonably a reasonably accurate uh, representation of the sort of the, how much signal is being blocked, um, but it's also just kind of a whole lot of fun. <laughs> so you're know, just trying to you know measure the invisible. Um, so uh, that was nice, and um, it does fit inside a uh, 50 cal ammo can. So that's kind of a neat uh, neat thing that I'm going to suggest they. Mention on the website. Yeah, because when I did the measurements, as far as I could figure, it wasn't going to fit. So then again, me and math don't get along too well either. So that's a thing. All right, then. 
I, uh, <clears throat> I've got some problems with my well, so I've been working on that for a week or so. I haven't done a whole lot of other stuff, but uh, most likely have it finished by next weekend. Fingers crossed, hoping for Jeff that he proves that the weather is going to be nice for me. Hmm. <laughs> I already threatened you, Brad. Be careful. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Uh, I did not do a lot this week. I did uh, I did a bunch of food prep. I did a whole bunch of messing around with my Instant Pot this time and not the canner. Uh, trying different recipes, different cooking, making different things. I, uh, you know, I made a, a breakfast cinnamon coffee cake and uh, chicken broccoli casserole and a couple other things just to kind of get my... Uh, get my stock built back up that's kind of been worn down over the winter. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a lot of fun, actually. Very nice. And if you haven't bought an Instant Pot, they are, they are a absolute godsend for ease of cooking. <laughs> trust me. Yes, are you taking orders? <laughs> I was going to say, I know none of that food made its way up the road here, Jeff. I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> Oh, well. <laughs> oh uh, well, we'll work on it. <laughs> All right. Sounds like a plan. Uh, for myself, just been getting that uh, 30 cal ammo case uh, going. So it's the one we advertised a few episodes ago where it's got four of the, uh, the ammo cans all in a nice little carry case. Uh, so got that uh, kind of organized, figuring out what I want to do with it. So I've split it up into uh, first aid, food, water, tools. And I know this is going to be shocking for everybody, but communications. Uh, yeah. So broke it up that I know weird right so broke it up that way uh, and starting to put it together uh, going to deploy the uh, the exact same um, setup in uh, the two uh, two family vehicles here and then branch out and do one in the work vehicle as well so that's uh, nice. what I've done the last week is just get that kind of get my head wrapped around what I want to do with it now I get to fill it up with fun stuff so nice those things are awesome uh, pending Especially approval of the uh, financial department right this is true yes <laughs> um, got a little bit of food prep um, some more toying around with uh, the new machine that we will be advertising real soon about what we're doing um, lots of screw ups and one heck of a learning curve um, but it's finally worked out so um, yeah just been cracking away at the little sample kits um, eventually have a contract in the works for something uh, to expand the business a little bit so trying to fine-tune uh, all the details for that and do all that. A uh, little bit of food prep and lots of laundry, organizing, getting everything ready because uh, by the end of this week, we, me and Mel are going to be gone for a week, so just get some stuff organized for uh, mother-in-law and the daughter, trying to help out with them, you know, a little bit of food prep for them as well as us, so we're not stuck cooking the whole time we're gone and all that stuff. So, yeah, just lots and lots nice. to do with not enough hours in a day. <laughs> That's a fantastic shirt you have, by the way. I want one. <laughs> yeah, it's a great shirt. It's a new uh -huh. one. For those listening on audio, it says, "Do I have a podcast for you?" And then there's the uh, Canadian Prepper Podcast logo on a uh, set of headphones with a mic. Yes, and if you would have been in, then if you would have been in on the pre-show, I put it on fresh off the press. It got me all excited. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only fans portion of the show is you got to pay yeah. for access to support the show <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Frugal Gunny, you got anything you want to throw in for uh, preps? Absolutely. Um, as always, uh, I never miss an opportunity to stock up on more uh, 22 ammunition. For any of you out there who uh, are into the firearms preps, there's nothing quite like 22 as far as uh, the prepper side of things. Um, you can carry lots. You've got all kinds of variety. It's inexpensive. Everybody loves shooting 22. Um, enough said. Uh, I also picked up a spare um, PWM controller, charge controller for my spare battery pack because I'm starting to have some ideas as to what I'm going to do with it. Uh, and so any of you who know of good models of lunch pails, large lunch pails or waterproof boxes, I plan on waterproofing my four remaining uh, lithium iron phosphate cells so I can make a portable battery pack with it that can uh, serve dual purpose. So it can run my uh, radio when I'm running around as well as uh, my little uh, fishing boat rig. I use an actual um, uh, one of those trolling motors, a little 30 uh, pound thrust trolling motor on the back of my 15 foot canoe. And that allows me to go and fish the backwoods. And so having the lithium batteries is going to make them nice and light. So I'm looking to build that into a waterproof setup. It's nice and portable to do all kinds of neat things like that off the grid. So that's what I'm working on these days. Very nice. Sounds like some fun projects. Lots of fun. Hashtag jelly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, DM Davy in the live chat's got a couple of things for you. He mentions uh, get an old school metal lunchbox from a used place. That's a good uh, tip. Or, or he says, or tackle boxes. That's the ticket. Probably can find a tackle box for for not much that I don't mind sacrificing, and modifying. So that's a good idea. Thanks for the tip. Awesome. Well, there we go. Okay. Well, with that, let's uh, let's move into the main topic. So, we tested everything last night. We set it all up. We spent about three hours kind of playing around with this, and hopefully, it's going to work tonight. So, oh, transition worked. Look at that. Okay. So, what we're going to do tonight is we're going to fire up some HF contacts. And before we do that, I'm going to give a quick rundown. For those that don't know what uh, HF is, uh, it's high-frequency ham radio. So you do need to be licensed for this. Yes, there's the argument of, oh, my God, I'll be on a list if I'm licensed. You're already on a list, so why not get on this one too? Uh, but this does require licensing. So I have put down in the bottom corner here, uh, underneath my name, my call sign. So if you are licensed or if you have shortwave uh, ability to, to listen on the ham uh, ham frequencies or some way to listen to them. Um, you're welcome to listen if you're not licensed, but you've got a receiver, then you can listen all you want. And you've got my call sign there. We're going to be making some calls. We're going to try and make contact with Scott. Uh, he's about uh, an hour and a half, two hours north of me. Um, anybody else in the live chat that wants to hop in, by all means, you're welcome to. You can see in the background of my, uh, my screen here, you'll see the frequency that I'm on and it should change. Yeah, it does as I change the radio here. Uh, we also, we completely forgot to introduce Scott's radio. Didn't get an intro, didn't get to talk about what it's done lately for preps, but it is here in the chat as well. So uh, you can see it. Uh, so it's a little uh, Yesu FT991A, and Scott's going to be following along here and putting the frequency in that screen as well. So uh, if you can't see my screen, you can see his. Um, so HF is 
uh, worldwide communication. So it's high frequency. Uh, it's uh, for this setup here at uh, my place, I've got a Kenwood TS590. I'm running 100 watts. So that's the maximum that this rig will put out without amplification. Uh, and it's running out to an off center fed dipole antenna out in the backyard. It's about 30 feet up. It's about a 270 foot long antenna. So it'll do quite a number of bands with a little bit of tuning. Uh, but uh, we're, we're good to go pretty much uh, anywhere we want tonight. Um, a couple of things with HF. So we're going to be starting out on 40 meter band. So you'll see it on my screen and on Scott's there. It says 7.045. Uh, we're going to be bouncing around, see what we can find. Um, I'll put my call out. Uh, anybody that wants to come back and, and say hello, by all means, come on back and say hello. I'm going to try and walk everybody through some standard areas on the band so you can hear what things sound like. Uh, it's kind of the goal of doing this episode. Uh, I always found that a lot of people, especially in the preparedness world, will talk about ham radio. You got to get your license. You got to get on the air. You got to talk to people. You got to learn how to use it. But nobody ever actually takes the time to let you know what it sounds like. So there's this mysterious side of it of, yeah, okay, great. I, I want to get in the ham radio. <clears throat> I want to be able to talk to people but you never really get to hear what it sounds like. Uh, yeah, there's YouTube uh, videos out there that show you how to call and how to talk to people and proper protocol for that. Um, but I never really experienced the, at least in the, the, uh, the preparedness side of the world on, on um, podcasts and YouTube and such, anybody really just showing you what it sounds like. So I thought, you know what, why not for this episode, give it a shot. Uh, so I'm going to walk you through, we're going to hear things uh, such as Morse code and I'll identify it as we go as well. I'll take us over to FT8. That's a digital mode. I'll give you a warning before we do that because the sound is obnoxious. <laughs> um, we'll move around a couple of other bands as well or a couple other areas on, on 40 meters. See what we can hear. Uh, if we can make some contact with some people, we'll make that contact. Um, and then uh, we'll take questions, obviously, throughout from the panel and, and from people that, uh, that are in the live chat. And like I said, throughout it, if uh, if you're following along and you see the frequencies that we're on, if you uh, if you want to jump in and say hello, by all means, let's try to make it happen. Uh, and those of you that are close by to uh, the Barry Aurelia area may or may not get me. And as we get out further and further and further, you, you may actually get in. So it, it all kind of depends there. Uh, so HF frequency, to give you an idea of what's happening, the, uh, the frequency is coming off my antenna here. It's bouncing up to the sky, to the ionosphere. And then it's coming back down on an angle. So it's going up on an angle and it's coming back down on an angle. So depending on where it comes down in the world is where people are going to hear it. That's why closer area may not necessarily hear me because my signal might go up and just completely bounce over your head and come down somewhere else. Uh, the same time, you might hear me all again, all depending on, uh, on how things go. Uh, it's the famous explanation in the tech world. It all depends. So, uh, so we'll see what happens. You're going to hear me say a couple of things. So as we go out into the world of HF and I'm looking to make a contact with people, you're going to hear me say CQ. Uh, so Charlie Quebec, and that is simply, uh, me looking for a contact. So it, it stands for seek you. I'm looking for someone to talk to me. So if we hear somebody saying that as we're out going through the bands as well, that means they're looking for someone to talk to. So we can hop in and say our call sign. My call sign is Victor Echo 3, Echo Papa November. So I'm using um, phonetics for that. So it's VE3 EPN. And I can come out, I can say that. And then if I hear them come back, then we can have a quick conversation. I'll try to keep it uh, short with the conversations with folks tonight. A lot of hams like to talk a lot. 
<laughs> so we uh, will try to cut them short if we can, but I'm going to be uh, polite about it as well as we're talking to them. But um, sure. we'll try to get in and out so we can move around and do some other things. But that's uh, that's one thing. You could start uh, on a frequency calling a CQ and you can get four or five uh, contacts pretty quick where people are just cycling through. And all of a sudden you'll get that one operator that wants to chat or rag you. And they will talk forever. We found that out last night with Scott while we were testing. <laughs> and uh, Scott was gone for about a half hour, which is totally fine. It's you know, it is just it is what it is, and it's it's hey, fun. We, we, we got some new listeners out of it. Exactly. So it, it works out, and you that actually that's a really good point. You'd be very surprised at the number of preparedness minded people that are on the frequencies. Just drop the fact that uh, you're into preparedness or, or something like that in the conversation and you will get a whole lot of people that are like, Oh yeah, actually, you know what? We're into that too. It's uh, it's filled with like-minded individuals. So with that being said, keep in mind your call sign is publicly available. So we've touched on this before. Um, if you look, Do I my have call an episode sign- for you. <laughs> I got an episode for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, for the first little while, if you looked my call sign up, it gave you my home address. <laughs> we identified that about seven or eight episodes into me uh, mentioning my call sign and went, Oh, that's a bad idea. And now it's, uh, it's not. So you can actually ask uh, industry Canada to suppress your home address. Um, so it's not on the publicly available database. Uh, but keep that in mind. If you do not ask them uh, and your home address is what you use to register your license, which technically that's what you should be doing. If that's where your main radio apparatus is going to be, um, it's going to be publicly available lesson learned <laughs> but uh, so keep that in mind uh you're also going to be outside of uh, cq you're going to hear me most likely say qsl uh so quebec sierra lima that is a q code uh ham radio was full of q codes but that q code is either do you acknowledge or can you hear me or it can be the reverse of, yes, I hear you. I acknowledge your transmission. So you'll hear some radio operators come back, say my call sign and say QSL. I'll come back and say, yeah, QSL, QSL, I hear you. And, and uh, we'll get into some signal reports. So that brings me to the next thing we're probably going to hear tonight is signal reports. Big thing in ham radio is giving a report. Uh, so there'll be, most likely you'll hear like a five nine, five seven, five eight, And that talks about signal clarity and signal strength. Um, so the first side of it is five, five is the top level. You can give somebody super strong signal or super clear, no issues here and yet all it's like you're sitting in the room beside me. And then we go from five down to one, one is, yeah, <laughs> I can kind of sort of maybe hear you. It's really, really, really rough. Uh, and then going from one to nine is the signal strength. So looking at uh, your radio or going off at your um, the strength of what you're hearing. Uh, you give them the rating there uh, from one through nine. Now, not a lot, not all operators actually give you a proper signal report. Some will just give you five, nine, because I think it's faster and they just don't care. Some will give you a legitimate um, signal strength and signal uh, clarity report. So um, it is what it is. Like I said, some give, some don't. Uh, you will hear a lot of contesters that just give a, an exchange in five, nine. Everybody says five, nine, because they want to move fast. They don't want to be guessing at things. Uh, for the contacts we're doing tonight, chances are we will hear proper signal reports. And you'll hear me giving people proper signal reports uh, just because I think it's important to let them know what uh, what things sound like on my end. Uh, and then okay. beyond that, uh, you'll possibly... Yeah, is there a question? No. Yeah, no. So just someone on uh, one of the live had a question. 
ham license? Is it federal, provincial, international? Aha. So before so we get way we, too far, right? Yeah. And completely forget about that it. Is, <clears throat> yep. Fantastic question. Uh, so uh, ham license is a federal license. So it's issued by uh, Industry Canada. Or they went through and they have a new name now that's like a mile long as a typical government uh, agency. But uh, it is a federally issued license. Um, so my call sign being VE3 or Victor Echo 3 designates Ontario. So you'll hear VE3 or VA, Victor Alpha 3. Those are Ontario call signs. And then you'll hear other uh, other calls uh, throughout Canada that have different uh, numbers associated to them. So they'll be like VE3, VE2, VE5. Uh, but those are all Canadian stations in different provinces. Uh, in the States, I'm not 100% sure how it works, but they have different designations as well for their call signs. Uh, there are agreements for um, Canada and the USA. So if you go and visit the US with your Canadian license, you can still operate using your Canadian license. There's certain rules that you have to identify a certain way. So like VE3 EPN being my call slash eight being the designator of one of the um, the states in the US. You have to designate the, um, the area that you're operating in and you have to use the rules that are in place in that country that apply to your license. So you'd have to read up on, on what the, uh, the total rules and regulations are. Uh, but um, it is, it is a, um, a federal thing with some international interlooped in there with, uh, with agreements with different countries uh, to allow you to operate using your own uh, Canadian license. Um, some countries just simply, we don't have the agreement with, and you'd have to go through their licensing process or some kind of a uh, process to be allowed to uh, transmit in their country. If, uh, if you so, want to do. Um, it is pretty standard for uh, U.S. citizens to come to Canada and transmit. I actually ran into one uh, here at Bass Lake uh, Provincial Park where I go to do uh, some parks on the air activations. Um, ran into uh, an American uh, licensed operator that was there doing a parks on the air activation and just threw out his call sign slash VE, so slash Victor Echo, and uh, was able to operate here with full privileges that he had in the States. So can can completely work, happens quite a bit. And it's, uh, it's kind of neat to see. So hopefully that answers the question for you. Um, other things, so beyond uh, calling CQ for seeking other stations to, uh, to call me to make a contact, you might just hear me say QRZ, which is another Q code for who is calling me or is there somebody else looking to talk to me? Um, interchangeable with, uh, with CQ. Um, it really depends on operator style for that. Um, if, uh, for example, I'm out doing parks on the air and I have a whole bunch of people calling me, I won't call CQ again. I will just simply say, okay, QRZ, which means I'm ready for the next available station to call. And then we'll get the next station in and, and go through the process again. So uh, a couple of, couple of things you're going to hear me say uh, as we go, if there's something you're not sure about, throw it in the live chat. If, if you're watching panelists, if you got a question, obviously just pipe up and ask. And, uh, yeah, I do. Okay. Yep, go for it, Jeff. Oh, well, it's not a question. Just for the for the users, if you could clarify the two types of uh, licenses: the basic and or, or basic with honors, and the advanced. Sure. Yeah. So, in Canada, there are uh, various levels, same as in the U.S. There's various levels of licensing. So, when you first get into uh, writing an exam, you're going to write your your basic exam. So, the basic exam is a hundred questions. It's multiple choice. Here's a shocker. It's made publicly available prior to writing the exam. So the entire question bank is published online by the Canadian government. 
You can actually go and have a test generated for you of a hundred questions out of the pool. And you can go run through the test and see where you sit. So kind of take the exam jitters away because you will be able to know what you're facing. There's, I think it's about a thousand questions in the bank roughly or so. So you're never going to memorize all of them, but unless you've got some kind of a fantastic memory. So I shouldn't say everybody won't. Somebody out there is going to email me and say, I can't. Uh, I've seen that movie. So, yeah, seen that movie, yeah. So, well, uh, and, and there's some, you know, easy gimme questions. The phonetic alphabet is part of the test bank. So, you know, there's 26 questions you can study pretty easily. Right, that exactly. sort of thing. So, Yeah, they're certainly not out to trick you. It's all publicly available, and I can throw uh, links in the show notes to where all that is, uh, or you can just type in uh, Canadian Amateur Radio. Uh, make sure you get the radio part in there. You're going to get some weird results in Google, and um, <laughs> then away you go. So, yeah. there's, uh, there's also a number of free apps that pull that database of questions and just sort of have them all local on your phone, and you can just kind of cycle through. Are you talking about if you forget the radio part or with the radio no, part? Don't, the do not forget the radio part unless you're looking for something completely different than <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> you might even come across our, uh, our OnlyFans page. You never know. So uh, after your basic, if you write the basic and you score a, uh, a score of 80% or higher, you get uh, what's called basic with honors so now you sound important so what that gives you is access to all of the hf frequencies so if you write and you get eight or you get 79 uh, or lower you get basic 80 percent or higher you get basic with honors and that opens up uh, just the basic you don't uh, get you get some lower hf ability but you don't get the entire hf uh, frequencies available to you if you get honors then you do and that would be equivalent to the U.S. listeners to uh, obtaining a general license. Uh, and then if you want to go and write your advanced, it's a 50-question exam. Uh, again, publicly available database of questions. And it opens you up to be able to build your own radios. So uh, basic can build from a kit. Advanced can make the kit. Uh, gives you a little bit more power abilities and, and a couple other privileges. Um Nothing overly crazy. Uh, you can hang out with just your basic with honors and be happy. If you don't get your basic with honors, you go and write your advanced, then that opens up all the HF uh, frequencies for you. Um, there's also Morse code that you can write uh, or listen and transmit and get that uh, on your endorsement on your license as well. Um, no longer required though. So that's an important one. A lot of people still think Morse code is required to get into ham radio. No longer required to do it to write the exam. You just do the 100-question uh, multiple-choice exam. If you pass it, you get your call sign. You can do Morse code later on, or you don't have to do it at all. Completely yeah. up to you. Before we go on, I kind of got confused. So you can get your basic basic with the honors, and then you can go write your advanced, right? Give or take. You can write your, yeah, write your basic exam. Yeah, and if, if you, you get over 80. Matter, yep, you get honors. If you get under 80 and you just get basic, you can still go and write your advanced. Okay, that's where I was going with or, it. So, so or, going advanced, or, so does that open up the same? Well, I guess more, but it opens up that extra HF right. uh, yep. frequency. And gives you some more power you, output and a couple other you, privileges. You didn't have technically because you didn't get a good enough score? Okay. Yep. But you can go back and rewrite it as well. I mean, okay. 
You'd have to pay the fee, obviously, a second time, but you could go back and give it a second shot. Yeah, okay. And that's actually a good point, Jeff, is the fee. Um, Fee-wise, examiners are allowed to charge a reasonable amount to recoup costs that they incur for proctoring the, the test. So, for example, when I wrote mine, it was 20 bucks. Not the end of the world. Um, what they're charging now, I don't know. But um, yeah, but that's, that's like two uh, eggs nowadays. I don't know if I'm up to that. <laughs> so... If I take the if I take the course, it costs me say the hundred dollars, right? Fifty dollars for the course, fifty dollars for the book. I go and take the test. It costs me another twenty dollars for the examiner, as an example. I don't know if uh, Rack charges separately for the exam after the basic exam or not. They did for the advanced. So. Okay, so the basic might be included in the I, course cost. I don't know. Probably okay. not. I took the course um, and then I had my test um, done locally and it cost me 20 bucks. So there you go. Okay. So now let's say I fail that. I can rewrite by paying another $20, $30, whatever the test, right. whatever the examiner determines. Yep. Is there 20 a certain bucks amount? Is but it, like, let's, let's say I fail the first one, second one, third one. Can I just keep redoing? There's no, uh, there's no time limit. There's no restriction on. You could turn around, and rewrite the 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 minute after you found out you failed if you want. But uh, you what, know, I'm, what I'm getting at is, can I can I rewrite twenty times hmm? before they say no? Go back and take the test again. Go back and take the course again. Sorry. You don't. No, have, I they're never, making twenty dollars by twenty times you've written yeah. that test. That seems yeah. good I never took a course for basic. I just okay. self studied. So no. you don't have to take a course. You can just find uh, an examiner. And if anybody is looking for an examiner, I can, uh, I've still got a list of them from when I went through the advanced course. You can, um, you can go ahead and uh, I can get it to you if you want to fire an email in. Uh, Kevin in the live chat here is mentioning he did his test online. There's no fee charged at all. And I did my test online for advanced and it was 20 bucks. So it all depends on your examiner and what they want to charge yeah. for, for the, his or her time. Uh, you will find some local clubs as well that will do tests for, for no charge. It, it really, yeah. it's, it's all dependent on your area and the examiners that you come across. It's, it's okay. completely run by them. So, so is there like a time restraint? Um, do you have like an hour to do the hundred questions, two hours, or is it like, just do it? Or I don't remember time, time. Yeah, I don't think there was. No, no I don't. I don't yeah. No, I don't remember so, being stressed at the time at all. So, for for example, you were talking about you know local ham clubs. So there might be like a, a time where someone is already available for three four hours doing something on a repeater or something, and it's just like, hey, if anybody wants to come, right? It, it already might not cost him much. That it's next to nothing that he can, you know, take a little bit of time and supervise someone. So. That's a good way to maybe get into. So when yeah, I, when sure. I when I did mine, actually, it was it was kind of funny. The local, well, not the local club to my area, but the next town over. Every Thursday morning, they meet in a parking lot behind the local McDonald's for their a weekly meet. They get their coffees, they shoot the crap, whatever. And the guy said, "We're going to be there." At this time, you want to write your test, you just come down here and write your test. So they all sat around and we chewed the fat and whatever. And I wrote my test and I was, I mean, I could have been in and out of there in a half an hour, but I was kind of 
talking with them as I was trying to do my test and whatever. And it took me about 45 minutes um, and I was in and out. Like I said, so, so that's twenty dollars. Like you just bought coffee for everybody that was there. That's all. <laughs> More or less, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you like, know what? I'm fine. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I, I, yeah I'm not absolutely. disagreeing. I'm not harping on them. I'm like, you know, but like some people could charge ridiculous fees and just, you know. Yeah. But they were like, hey, we're already going to be here. Twenty bucks buys coffee for maybe most of the group or whatever. I I highly that's, doubt anybody would <laughs> charge a ridiculous fee because there are enough testers, and I found <laughs> you know three or four of them, and they were all twenty bucks. So, yeah. and they were all local in the area. So, I mean, if you've got somebody yeah. out there that's going to try and charge 50 or 60 bucks for a test, I highly doubt they're going to get anybody. Okay. Well, um, and I, I think a lot of ham clubs are just so welcoming, so excited to have more people come into the hobby. There's room for everyone. And, you know, a lot of the people who proctor exams do it just out of an interest in furthering the hobby. They're, they have no interest in making money. They just want to get more people in. So I like the, the people I've met at my, my ham club were so intelligent and so welcoming. And it was just a really, really fun experience. Unger's got a good point here in the, uh, the live chat uh, going through writing says um, the proctor would allow a person to write uh, three times before he wouldn't allow someone to write again without proof of doing a course. But that was the proctor's rule, not uh, an industry Canada examinator rule. So every, like I said, every every examiner or every proctor is different. They will have their own uh, way of doing things and their own kind of rules like this one. You can write three times and then show me you've taken a course before you write again, which I think is fair. Yeah. You don't want to waste their time, also, right? Yeah. Right, waste my time. Like, I mean, I'm not trying to make a quick buck, but also at the same time, like, there's a point where I'm like, I kind of feel bad taking your 20 bucks again, right? depending on the person, most moral people, right? Like, yeah, look, like, I'm not saying you got to go spend money, but like, you got to go do something to try and, like, you know, not just keep throwing 20, 30, 40, yeah. whatever the, the amount, right? Like, I'm just like, th there's something here, go figure something out, you know, to make it more you know, feasible for you and not a financial burden to try and get this piece of paper exactly. because you think it gets you a discount on mustard. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Oh, With good. the ham sandwich, uh, <laughs> uh, there. how about we uh, flip the radio on here and let's have a listen. Yeah. So drum roll, please. We're going to see if this actually works. It did last night. So can everybody hear that? Yes, sir. Okay, so what we're hearing here is a little bit of Morse code. It's not exactly what you think you would hear. But let's flip around a little. There we go. So everybody can hear that? Yep. Yep. So this is Morse code. Bunch of beeps, bunch of dits and daws. We're sitting right now on 7.035, which is 40 meter band. And sounds like there's a couple operators going back and forth here. So those say that the Morse code is dead. It's all over the lower section of 40. It's all over the lower section of most, most bands. So we can move along. There it is again. So now we're on 7020. And these guys, this one's a little bit slower. So this will be a little bit easier to, uh, to kind of decipher. 
I'm not going to do it live because I'm still learning this stuff. I'm not even going to try to decipher for you guys what's being said here. <laughs> I can pick up with a few things here and there, but just to give you an idea of what this sounds like, right? I, I can make up and say, think of what they say. Who's going to prove me wrong? Then we'd, <laughs> then we'd be done on uh, everybody else that can speak Morse code. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and here we say? are on that 7015. And again, we've got some Morse code going. So, it's out there. And there's a good, strong signal. And they're going at a good pace. But then, if we move along, there's a couple more going. Okay, so now we're getting into digital. So, if, uh, if you've got your speakers turned up, I'd suggest you turn them down a little bit because the digital stuff uh, gets a little ear piercing, but we're going to step into it here in a second. So I'll give everybody a count of three to get their speakers down. And then away we go. So not very pretty. I do not expect anybody to actually understand what this is. This is all computer decode. So... Again, I think this is PSK or RIDI, one or the other. Sounds like the first internet signal. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, I feel like I'm in an episode of X-Files. Or that, yeah. <laughs> Could be, yeah. But this is literally computers sending transmission back and forth over the computer. And it can make incredibly long distances with this. Um, but again, it's reliant on having a computer system, right? So you just got to keep that. So you mean computer system? Like, what do you mean by computer system? The computer you're sitting computer in front of right computer? now. So it's like yep. sending a text message over yeah, that's a good an that's email, a good let's say? Yep, yeah, that's a good analogy. You're using your computer, your laptop, plugged into your radio, and then you're sending signal back and forth. Uh, so can someone Other. decipher it with a radio, or you need computer to computer for that? Some some radios will have certain uh, certain uh, modes built into them. Like uh, RIDI is one that I've seen built into some uh, some radios. Most don't have it built in the to decode. You just have to use a you have to interface your computer with uh, the with the radio. So the ones that could would it like give you like a robotic voice or like a a screen uh, a text across you the screen type or in. whatever. Uh, yeah, it'll show you the deciphered text. It'll put it on the screen, and then you have to type in your message, and it'll send a message back out. So okay. it's handy if you've if you've got the ability to do it. Uh, like my okay. uh, my Zygu X sixty one hundred, I can do that with. So I got to have a little Bluetooth keyboard, and I can punch messages in, and it'll send a digital out. Uh, I haven't used it yet, but for that, but it's doable. I've got it. I don't no. know if it works. Okay. I got it. So <laughs> I've got, got a question I, for I know, you. I know it works. I know it works for. Um, <laughs> voice i haven't used it for digital okay. uh question so if computers can modulate and demodulate signal then can we do encryption <laughs> as long as it's published ah radio yep it has to be a, a published um, encryption algorithm that anybody can then decrypt okay is that but because it's published a somewhere you know, it doesn't have to be easily available. It just needs so to be I can make my own and publish it and then be able to use it. 
published with who? Published. Industry Canada? That, I don't know. It just says, last I read, it said, must be published. Hmm. Like, I put it on, like, oh. the 80th page of, like, this weird website. <laughs> and, like, well, it's so... It, it sounds a bit like the current computer scheme of uh, encryption, which uses a, a mixture of public and private keys. Mm -hmm. And so the public yep. keys are available through public key exchanges. And the private yep. keys are, of course, held privately and exchanged over um, uh, USB stick or secure media, uh, secure networks, so that they never touch an unsecure network. <clears throat> and uh, I'm just uh, now really going to check that out. Thank you so much, Eric. No problem. We can uh, nerd out about this at a later date, too. Oh, definitely. You can count on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to jump over to FT8 now. So, again, if you uh, manage to turn your speakers up while we uh, turn the uh, radio down, turn your speakers back down because here we go. So, for the radio nerds out there, you will know this sound bar none. This is FT8. So, it is a... Uh, a very popular mode where you can really transmit around the world. It takes very little uh, to actually get the signal out and get it um, decoded. The only thing with FT8 is it is literally, hey, here's my call sign. I'm looking to make contact. Next radio goes, yeah, okay, I hear you. Then you send back, okay, cool, I hear you as well. All right, thanks a lot. Good to know we can hear each other. Next. There is really no communication outside of that so you're not sending messages back and forth you're not sending pictures or text or voice it's literally just to see what the propagation is like and see how far your signal can get and then you'll get signal reports back it's all digital it's all over computer again uh, very very popular mode but very automatic and very much so like i said my radio says hey looking for somebody somebody replies back hey cool i can hear you and I send back, okay, I can hear you as well. And then, okay, thanks a lot for the report, 73, which is, um, you know, good wishes. And then, okay, thanks, 73. And then that's the end of the contact. So, again, hmm. that's what it sounds like. It's it's a neat mode, and you can get contact all over the world with it. Uh, on days where propagation is really, really no good, I will go over to FT8 and kind of play around with it just to make some contacts. Uh, but it's, you're not what's, getting much else out of it. What's the first word you said? Pro propagation? Uh, propagation. So that's the distance that your signal will travel. Or okay, so you're some, saying like uh, using regular, uh, I'll, I'll say regular in this scenario, but like using yeah. your regular ham, like it doesn't work. So you'll switch to something that you can get a lot easier further. You can't make signal with anybody right. on your regular. Yeah, so there's, there's days where um, the signal propagation or how far your signal will travel around the world just the bands are what we refer to as dead you're just they're not getting far your signal's not transmitting nicely it's just they're literally it's just not going anywhere they're dead so if you switch over to ft8 it's a it's a mode that's known to work still in that kind of environment so i'll use that if i've got some time to play radio and i just want to make a couple of contacts and i want to you know get the radio going i'll hop over to ft8 to use that i prefer doing voice mode where i can talk to people um, lots of other people enjoy just FT8 because you don't have to talk to people. It's really user preference. Oh, that's awesome. I'm even more intrigued now. <laughs> the, uh, in terms of, yeah. Sorry, guys. In terms of propagation, oh. um, 
what's happening up in the ionosphere has a huge impact on how these signals bounce around. So a frequency that is lovely and clear one day might be totally useless the next day based on sunspots, a butterfly flapping its wing somewhere. It's just such a almost random thing. So it's not like you can just set a specific frequency and know that's going to work for you. You have to kind of shop around um, sort of see what's, what's working for you. Yep, 100%. All right, so we'll cruise around a little bit more on the frequency here and see what we can hear. Uh, so this is just noise. And you'll hear this a lot. This kind of threw me off when I first started in HF. It's like, why do I hear this? Am I supposed to hear this? Yes, this is just noise that you're going to hear on the band. So, so is that just regular noise? Like, yep. there's no there's there. Like, it's just one of those things yep. where, like, it's someone. It it's might be a signal air. that you can't actually hear, but like, just yep. does a thing where you can't decipher it. <laughs> yep, pretty much. I'm gonna just throw out there where we've got this noise going. This is Windlink R2D2. From what I can tell. Yeah, R2D2. So this sounds like it's somebody. Yeah, this is somebody that's checking their email. So technically, we can grab this because it's in the clear. We can decode it, and we can hear or we can read exactly what it is that they're receiving right now. So keep that in mind. If you do WinLink over HF, it's in the clear. But they are checking the email right now. Is <laughs> someone trying to order a pizza with pineapple on it? Melissa's asking in the live chat. <laughs> Don't know. I can't, I can't decode it. But the key so should be available to everybody. There is no key. That's just out in the open. So you can just decode it. Oh, okay. Then I'm more... Okay. Yeah, so now we're back in a little bit more okay. Morse, Morse code. Yeah. And now we're going to get into the bands where... But I see uh, somebody... Oh, Vera. Okay. Yeah, Kirk mentioned that's Vera, so... I'm just guessing. My ears are not tuned that well to figure out what it is. So, okay, but what is what's Vera? I'm, I have more questions than answers now. If, if Kirk wants to mention them there, I know I I know Vera AC for uh, text chat. If that's the same thing, if Kirk wants to hop back in. Okay, so it, it, okay, so that's the type of communication. Yeah. Okay. All okay, right. That that's what I didn't understand. My bad. Okay. All good. What's the yeah, uh, believe it or not here? Ham isn't just. <laughs> radio voice to voice you can as eric said that that person was checking their email or a text message or you could you could you know the old old radios they used to call them packet radios and you could make a packet of something a file of some sort and send it to somebody and they could read it so it's not just a voice to voice thing but that's 90 percent of what you do yeah okay So here, uh, so that uh, that annoying squealing is somebody tuning an amp up, which is always nice. This frequency was nice and clear a couple of minutes ago. Yeah, <laughs> that's the other fun part with uh, with HF radio. You will literally have a frequency that is beautiful and clear, and then all of a sudden it'll drop off and nothing, and then two three minutes later, beautiful and clear again. 
it's uh it's one of the frustrations but oh, and there they are here on the, on the little list here, and uh, please stay by, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll continue on here, just with a, a little bit of a round table there. Uh, so it sounds like a net. Uh, yeah, Chris, I just want to ask you, do a lot, do you do a lot of uh, mobile game mostly there, Chris? And we can hear one person talking very clearly. I can hear another person very faintly, uh, which is another thing that you'll get on ham radio. You can hear some people clear as day as if they're sitting right beside you. And the next person, maybe, maybe not. So this station here is nice and clear. So we'll keep moving along here. We'll see if we can pick anybody else up. And if we can't, we'll see if we can get someone to come back to us. So in terms of the frequency bands, if you're using Morse code, it uses the least of the bandwidth. You know, if, if you're thinking about it, uh, if you're trying to pass a message with Morse code, you can just, you're, you're slipping little beads through the keyhole, right? If you're doing digital uh, communication, you need a little more. If you're doing voice, you need even more. You have to open the whole door. It takes a lot more of that bandwidth. So that's why if propagation is poor, you can still get Morse code or digital through, but your voice communications don't travel as well. Perfect. So let's see if we got anybody else here. Yeah, so that's going to be a radio station somewhere overseas. So the interesting thing. Uh, yeah, there were some people talking on this frequency a little while ago. I, I sort of doing the production assistant thing and running around in the background on the frequencies, trying to find interesting stuff. And there's some guys talking crystal clear on this. And then all of a sudden the broadcast frequency took over and it sounds like broadcast. What and I'm around hearing this time of night that happens on 40 meters, you'll get broadcasts from overseas that yeah. use these frequencies and totally but legitimate. Interestingly, so. um, what I was hearing through the podcast on StreamYard sounded really staticky. Just now that sample you you're uh, sending out i've got two sets of headphones on and i'm listening to that same frequency and it's coming in really clear for me and i mean you know our radios are only a couple hundred kilometers apart so it's uh <laughs> fickle species she is location it is, it is. location location it's true yep <laughs> and luck <laughs> yeah that too and some bubble right. gum and <laughs> Not wrong. Let's well, see. and also interestingly, we've talked about uh, different antenna setup before. And you can have an HF antenna on your car. You can have a permanent rig way high up in the air with uh, you know, 
260 odd feet of <laughs> uh, antenna there, or in my case, I've got uh, a fairly long antenna just across my backyard, but it's only about 10 feet off the ground. It's not a permanent installation. We talked about NVIS on a previous episode, so I'll just kind of refer back to that. But it's geared towards more of that local transmission. Uh, if it's hitting the atmosphere at a sharper angle, it comes down at a sharper angle. So uh, it's it's getting closer rather than sort of skipping farther away. Um, so, you know, antennas are funny, fickle things, uh, but there are some things you can do to control what what, if anything, you're going to hear. It's true. Hmm. I believe we've got an Italy station here uh, on 161.5. So if you guys can hear it. It's a little low. So we'll listen to him for a second here, and if he's uh, starting to call CQ, we'll see if we make contact with him, because that'll be kind of a fun one to do here. So we, we can hear him. That's some of the fun with uh, with ham radio is just hurry up and wait. second here. It sounds like he's going to end it off. Victor Echo 3, Echo Papa November. Thank you, Victor. My name is Echo Papa, America, Texas, and location at Naples in South Africa, Italy. Victor Echo 3, Papa, I still don't know if we need to go back to Lima here, over. So, tried to get him there, uh, but we can hear him good and clear. And he's talking to another Victor Echo 3 station. So he's talking to another Ontario station. Okay, so since technically I could get everything to do 
ham radio license. I could sit here and like just play around like you're doing right now and yep. listen as long as I don't transmit. Yeah, technically, yeah. Now, do suppliers or people that sell certain radios require you to have a license before you can purchase their equipment? I, I've like, never been asked. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Like, technically, I'm, technically, according to the Radio Communications Act, possessing a radio that's able to transmit without having the, the proper licensing not supposed to happen. You're not supposed to? or Yeah, you're not supposed to possess a, a radio that's able to transmit if you don't have the appropriate licensing for it, according to the Radio Communications Act. Everybody listening to this is an adult. You make your own choices. No, but I'm just curious, right? Like, I mean, the ham radio thing was just like, oh, you know, it'd probably be something good, but like actually being able to listen to it like tonight kind of got me a little more intrigued where I'm like, you know, that dead time, like everybody goes to bed a little bit earlier or, you know, <laughs> you, you know but like, yep. you know, instead of sitting there and, you know, scrolling Instagram or watching something, you yep. know, like doing Do something where it, it might be something, you know, dip your toe in a little bit more where it may push more people. So that's why I was inquiring because I'm like, yeah, no, quit, there's quit, nothing quit, wrong quit, with quit. listening compared to transmitting is, is how I understood it. Okay. Yeah. That's, so, so quit, that's what I always quit, told people. Quit me if I'm wrong, but um, you can, you can buy a scanner and the scanner can yep. scan the frequency and you can just yep. sit and listen. Um, and I mean, it's, I, I don't know if they go to those frequencies or not. Yep, um, they will. Yep. yep. So, so there's there's an option that you can just. Yep. And I'll, I'll put it this way: this radio that I have, I bought this secondhand from a shortwave radio listener. So he was not a licensed ham, and he had this radio. You you can buy them. It's yeah. there's just a technicality. Last time I read the Radio Communication Act, it said if it's capable of transmitting, you have to have the proper licensing. That was also just for clarity. That was like five, six years ago. I read it, so there could be amendments as well. So I would just reference the Radio Communications Act if you're worried about it. Um, I've never been asked for my license when I've bought radios, and I've bought them commercially, and I bought them secondhand, and I've never been asked. So. Okay, just you know, this has got me a little more intrigued on the whole process compared to get your ham license radio, right? Like, just it's the whole point of this episode. Yeah, no, which which I'm like, okay, this is actually kind of cool. Even though we tried, did all the troubleshooting last night. I was yeah, it was more troubleshooting than it was actually doing comms, right? Yeah, yeah, but hey, it got it working, but like it, this has got me a little more intrigued on like, oh, well, maybe I should just like figure out if I can get something and like see if it's something that's yeah. long-term feasible as like a pastime or a hobby of some sort. And if not, I'll just sell you a radio. Perfect. Deal. <laughs> okay. All right. So now that we've kind of cruised around, we've heard a couple stations. Let's uh, let's try an open frequency, and we'll see if we can just throw a call out for those that have been waiting to try to make contact. Let's uh, let's do that. Yeah, I've seen a few call signs. So yeah. if if listening. For example, right? Like, say I get a radio or whatever, and I decide I want to scan some frequencies, and everybody says their signs, and I write them all down, and then I decide to go on the Googles and figure out where those signs. Will it tell me like this person was in Italy? This person was, you know, not so yep. much that they're 
I don't need their actual home address, but just to figure out, like, start mapping out, just being like, wow, like, I was listed as someone that was in Australia, and then a person that was in Italy, and then someone that was in Toronto, and someone that was here, and, like, so if you just mark down all those call signs, technically you can kind of figure out where those places of origins you, are for all those. You will know, you'll know that like a VE3, a VA3, so Victor Alpha, Victor Echo, are in Ontario. You'll know yeah. that. Um, it doesn't, like mine doesn't say specifically where I am. Uh, but there's also, there's, there's web pages like qrz.com where you have to be a licensed ham to gain access to. That will have an address in it if you put it in. So there's different spots yeah. you can look around. Um, mine so is like, a PO box, right? but so provinces, for example, across Canada, every province has a different beginning yeah. or specific code and a specific sequence. That specific to do specific so, number. So VE one, VE two, VE three, VE four, VE five, etc. So that's some radios that you buy actually come with a map that shows all different uh, precursors there. So apparently, Greenland is OX. And apparently the United Nation headquarters has its own uh, call sign. Look at that. Okay, so... Uh, Scott, uh, Scott in the live chat here has got a good point. Just says uh, he knows a few people that have HF radios that are not licensed, uh, but they don't transmit either. So it's uh, good to listen around the bands, get excited about getting your license. 100%. I don't see the harm in, in having one. I just like to give that precursor, that warning that um, when I did read the code, it did say you can't possess a device that's able to transmit unless you have the appropriate licensing again caveat to that that was five six years ago it was the last time i read it go and check it it's it's in around section four subsection five ish area i have a weird memory for that stuff uh so and i could see that as probably not a giant high priority for probably not if you're not transmitting right but Okay, I so, just don't so, want to put out there into the interwebs that uh, you know the Canadian Prepper podcast said I could possess it. Yeah, and I mean just you know, what, hold on, let me sure check. Let so, me check guys, the go ahead. Prohibitions, Brett. prohibitions under section four. Yep. Uh, I guess subsection two. No persons shall manufacture, import, distribute, lease, offer for sale, or sell any radio apparatus interfering, causing equipment or radio sensitive equipment for which a technical accepted certificate is required under this act. Yep. Okay. So that doesn't, so that means whoever sold it to me is in the wrong. Yep. Me being in possession of five, say that different. Uh, number five is minister's powers. So it's changed. Okay. Uh, maybe it's changed. Then. Right. So, how, how that's written is I'm like, I'm, I don't have my license. I'm not wrong for owning it. The person that sold it to me is in the yeah, wrong. What, what that's saying is they can't, they can't sell or import. For example, when I got a call from industry Canada <laughs> a while ago, about selling the Baofeng radios. Um, those are radios that were not industry Canada certified. They didn't meet the requirements of the government of Canada to actually be able to be here and meet the requirements of transmitting. So that radio wasn't certified. So it can't be sold. Is, is my understanding. At least that's what they told me when they called and they said either you stop selling them or we fine you $100,000. So I said, okay, I'll stop selling them. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. that's that's what that section is talking about. So yeah. subse- uh, section four, uh, I guess subsection A or 1A and B yep. is no person shall accept under and in accordance with the radio authorization install, operate, or possess radio apparatuses 
other than what is capable of receiving of broadcasting, and that is not a, yeah. So you, I, from what I'm getting of this is you can't even own one that can just receive it. That that can transmit. You can own one that can receive. You can't own one that transmits. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, I I'm reading that the opposite way. But yeah. Yes, you can't you but can't transmit his, unless you have a license. So there you go. Okay, There's so, the official answer. <laughs> all right. So in the live chat on the used tubes, um, yep. you can transmit without a license in a case of emergency. Everybody has heard that. Is that technically true? Hundred percent. Yep. Okay. It's in the it's in the code. So that's the kind of scenario you're out in Algonquin Park. You're in distress. You don't have cell signal. You get to a ranger station, and there's a radio there, right? That sort of scenario where, yes, they're not going to fine you for using the radio in that situation. Yeah. yeah. So, I so in I that rather scenario, enjoy this yeah. argument. Than, oh, go ahead. No, so I was just inquiring. Like, so same scenario. You're in an area that doesn't have anything, but you have something in your vehicle that is capable of transmitting. You've never used it because you only listen and you don't have anything. Like, is that maybe a gray area that we may not want to get into? But like, I'm just looking, just curious on the maybe the muddy water of that scenario compared to like, yeah, it, you know, you're in the woods and you find this cabin that's got like, you know, the door is not technically locked and he's got a radio and just being like, hey, like a bear chased me and ate half of my leg and I need help. I understand that, but just you know, is the same legalities of Potentially for having something in my house where something happens, giant thing, and that's the only way, or we're just not going to touch that because of legalities. Let's not touch that one okay. with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> okay, no, no, so, you know, like I was like, okay, well, I know, I know. Yeah, and I, yeah. I love conversations like this and debating law. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, I, I do quite enjoy it, but we'll leave that one to maybe the after chat. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. That's yeah. It. Well, Pierre, uh, whatever like you have, paper. whatever you have, wrap it in Christmas paper. Put Eric's name on it. <laughs> He'll I was bringing it to him, and I needed it. After, after, <laughs> chat, after, after chat, perfect. I like this argument from Kirk as well. We're, we're going, we're going into that gray area. He says, "Just unplug the microphone." Then it's incapable of transmitting. Is it? Is it not? Yeah. Well, if you decide to not yeah. have the microphone anywhere near so, yeah that's a whole gray area we won't get into yep. i do like that fantastic <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. all right let's get back on uh, on topic here we were going to try and find a frequency to uh to chat on uh oh denny's got a question about cb radio under the same thing so cb radio citizens band as far as i know in canada it's not licensed so no, it's uh, it's public like an frs or gmrs radios aren't they yep. Yep, as far as I know. Yep. All right, let's find ourselves a frequency. And we're going to see if we can get some contacts going here because that is why everybody's here tonight. I'm here with the whiskey. Well, there's that too. <laughs> whiskey and friendship. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, sounds like my uh, my favorite frequency might be used right now. Seven two two three. I like that one for reasons. 
Um, Ooh, I have a feeling I know why. Yeah. Yeah, it's used. Uh, 220 is not, though. Let's try that. Oh, I have lied. It was 7308. Ooh. Let's see. Uh, anything on your end? 7308's out of the amateur bands. It is slightly out, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. My bad. It's all good. Yeah, this one's got a little bit of bleed over on this one. That's these guys. So we're hearing 7218 over on 7220. So let's... Let's try 7235. All right. And I threw, uh, threw it in the, uh, the live chat there too, for folks that are, uh, are listening or uh, yeah, listening and watching the live chat there. So when I switch over here to transmit, that's the only fun part is anything I say into this microphone is then transmitted over the air. So if, uh, if there's questions or something like that, I am going to need a second to switch my setup back around so I'm not answering your question over the air because that would just be a little awkward. So, uh, so bear with me as I'm switching things over. But uh, let's do a quick check here. We'll see if the frequency is being used. And then uh, we'll let's see first if we can make contact with Scott. And then if we can't, I'll open it up to anybody else who's listening and we'll see what we can do. So I'm going to switch things over here. It is the frequency in use. Victor Echo 3, Echo Papa November. Is the frequency in use. Victor Echo 3, Echo Papa November. All right, nothing heard. Uh, Victor Echo 3, Kilo Bravo Alpha from Victor Echo 3, Echo Papa November. Uh, Victor Echo 3, Kilo Bravo Alpha from Victor Echo 3, Echo Papa November. I'm hearing you very faintly over the radio, and you're not hearing me coming back at you. That being said, I think uh, Scott in the live chat said he's going to fire up his rig, so we'll see if uh, we can get him. I was trying to jump into some of the nets that were going on to see if I can uh, interrupt them and get them to join in our podcast. <laughs> All right, nothing heard on the call to uh, Victor Echo 3 Kilo Bravo Alpha. So this is Victor Echo 3 Echo Papa November calling CQ, CQ, CQ. Victor Echo 3 Echo Papa November calling CQ, CQ, CQ. Any station, anywhere, standing by for calls. CQ, 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 Victor Echo 3, Echo Papa November calling CQ, CQ, CQ. 
CQ, 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 Victor, Echo 3, Echo, Papa, November, calling CQ, 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 any station, anywhere, standing by for calls. Uh, Papa Sierra November Station. Victor Echo 3, Papa Sierra November. Got you here about a 5-5. Uh, five, five. Yeah, you're, uh, you're off the way of me, myself. Uh, uh, I'm here is Scott, here is Charlie, Austin, Tango, Tango. Um, yeah, there's probably, probably two quotes from that, like, why, but, uh, I got a little bit of noise going on, so, uh, uh, thank you. Uh, QSL, Scott, the first name here is Eric, Echo Romeo India Charlie. Uh, just doing a, a quick HF test here, actually live streaming right now. Don't know if you're a listener or not, but, uh, just demonstrating, uh, HF radio and how it operates and, uh, kind of getting the word out there. Uh, can you repeat call sign again, please? Certainly. Call sign is Victor Echo 3, Echo Papa November. Victor Echo 3, Echo Papa November, and uh, located in Aurelia. Ah, Awesome. Perfect. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. Whereabouts are you located, if you don't mind? I am my hometown called Petrolia. It's 20 minutes east of Sarnia, Ontario. Just by the Ontario border. QSL. Awesome. So just outside of Sarnia. Perfect. Well, I appreciate you coming back to me, Scott. I'm going to uh, push forward here, see if we can get contact with anybody else. But uh, thanks for uh, popping in to say hello. Hey, no problem, no problem. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, you get a good hunting night. Hopefully. So, uh, Victor Echo 3, Papa Sierra November 73 from uh, Victor Echo 3, Echo Papa November. Yeah, you're like a 5-5 to be good, by the way. QSL the 5-5, thanks. QRZ, any other stations out there? Uh, station with ending Bravo Alpha. Kilo Charlie 2, Echo Bravo Alpha. Got you about a 5-5 five five here, 55 into Aurelia, Ontario. <laughs> Uh, sure. Call here is Victor Echo 3, Echo Papa November. Victor Echo 3, Echo Papa November. And sorry, what was your QTH again? Uh, you're fading pretty bad on me there. Uh, the joys of 40 meters. Uh, try her again if you don't mind. Uh, QSL got uh, Boulder, New York there, I believe. Uh, QSL? So interestingly, I am able to hear Albany, New York 
in the United States fairly clearly. So it's interesting how uh, just a couple of hundred kilometers difference makes a, a world of difference. All right, the Kilo Charlie 2 Echo Bravo Alpha. Sorry, I've lost you in the noise floor here. I've, I've got a relay, though, from another operator that's uh, given us your location. So appreciate it. But uh, I'll say 73 for now. Maybe we can make contact uh, later on down the log. Ah, QRZ, any other stations out there? All right, so I've just switched my transmit off here for a second. So we've heard from a couple of stations, um, and we've also seen the differences between location for myself and Scott, where he's been able to hear that station clear as a bell in the States, whereas for us, it completely faded off. Uh, it happens. It's it's something that, uh, that happens with HF radio. It's an absolute pain because it tends to fade off exactly when you don't want it to. <laughs> but it's uh, it's something you learn to fight through. Uh, there are options on the radios that you can use to kind of help pull the signal up, um, kind of cut the noise down. Um, it's all about learning how to use your radio and, and operate it. Um, for this one here, um, especially hanging out around 7235, I just know in my area, I get that loud whine every once in a while, and it'll eventually go away, and then we can get back out to, to making contacts. Uh, you also heard me ask, and I didn't mention this Q code when I was doing my preamble there, a QTH. That is what is your current location or your home location. So uh, when I asked that station uh, what his QTH was, I was just simply asking him, where are you right now? Um, to kind of hear where he is, to give everybody kind of a geographical idea of, uh, of where that station was coming in. So, and, and this is all things that I've learned along the way. I certainly wasn't throwing Q codes out at the beginning and, uh, and, and being able to throw out uh, signal reports and all that quickly it takes time and practice to learn how to do this and a lot of operators will help you as you go this isn't something where you're just going to be uh, transmitting right off the hop and throwing q codes out and throwing call signs out and throwing uh, uh, signal reports out operators will help you and you'll get a flow too everybody you'll see does things differently uh, most will start with signal report first name and location some will just give signal report. It all kind of depends on, on the operators. No set rule that it has to be like this, uh, unless you're doing contests and such, but that's that's a different beast altogether. Uh, but let's have a listen here and see. So would it, So say I decided to get my license and I passed the test, obviously, and someone says something, one of those quick QR codes, and I have no clue what the hell that means because my first day on the radio or whatever, like, is it okay to just be like, look, I don't remember that. Like, what does that mean? And someone Absolutely. would probably just be like, you know, that. this is what it means. Okay, sorry. I did and, that. And, and sometimes operators will throw Q codes out that I have no idea. And I will just say, I'm sorry, I don't know what that Q code means. Um, some some operators, I'm not going to lie, will get nasty and start chirping at you. And that's when you just spin the dial and go somewhere else. 99% yeah. of them will say, yeah, no problem. This is what it means. And then they'll carry on. Especially if you say I'm new and I'm just yeah. getting on the air because they want you to stay right because yeah. yeah. if you disappear yeah. and no new hams come in the hobby disappears right so yeah 99 of them are very helpful i've had one or two that i've got pretty snippy with me and then really i'm just like okay cool man and i just spin the dial go to the next and don't let them get to you because they're obviously yeah. just great fun at parties right so okay thank you but it sounds like yeah we can try that again now so I'm going to switch back over to transmit here and we will continue on to see if we can 
make some more comment or some more contacts. Or comments. It is a frequency in use. Victor Echo 3, Echo Pop in November. Is the frequency in use, Victor Echo 3, Echo Pop in November. All right, nothing heard. Call in CQ. CQ, 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 Victor Echo 3, Echo Pop in November. Calling CQ, 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 Victor Echo 3, Echo Pop in November. Calling CQ, 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 any station, anywhere. Stand by for calls. CQ, 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 Victor Echo 3, Echo Pop in November, calling CQ, 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 Victor Echo 3, Echo Pop in November, calling CQ, 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 Victor Echo 3, Echo Pop in November, calling CQ, any station, anywhere, stand by for calls. So I can just barely pick out what Eric is saying. I'm just getting a lot of static on the air. Um, but again, CQ, CQ, knowing CQ. our radio setups, that kind of makes sense. I'm, I'm probably too close to hear what he has to say. Uh, Melissa, to your comment uh, about contests, uh, they will publish contests, and the goal is to make lots of contacts. What... Uh, it's just a way of sort of scheduling lots of people to be on the air and sort of trying to make contacts with everyone else. So you have a little logbook and everyone's trying to make contacts and uh, it's kind of exciting and fun because a lot of people are on the air. So when Eric sends out a CQ, there's all sorts of people that are answering back and you sort of uh, fill up, you know, that, that map with all little pins where you're making contacts really quickly because so many people are, uh, are booked that way. Um, while Eric is talking about that, I'm going to talk about uh, waterfall displays. So part of the reason that I put my radio up on uh, broadcast right now is you can see this little graph showing. Uh, if you're just listening, it's sort of a, a long, basically line bar graph that is centered on whatever frequency my radio is tuned into but off to either side, it's looking at other frequencies. So you have a sense of if there's a busy frequency where something is going on, there's a spike higher in that line graph. So you can scroll the wheel along and adjust where you're tuned to. That spike there tells me there's something. It's a constant spike, so it's probably going to be um, a computer broadcast versus where you see like a little spike jumping up because there's intermittent transmission of a voice. Um, this was a feature that I was super interested in as, um, as a prepper because you have a way of kind of looking around uh, and seeing if anyone is on the air. Um, sort of, you see a spike, so you can wander over and see if anything's happening there. Um, so it's just a feature that some radios have that I happen to like. Um, this particular one uh, does uh, 50,000 above and below. Um, so that 
be sort of a 0 0.05 uh, up and a you know, up and down from whatever frequency we're tuned into, so that you have a you can see more of what's going on on the air. And in a situation where you're looking for contacts, you can shop around a bit. One of the other uh, interesting things is uh, when you look back to the original Star Wars, a lot of the sound effects you could tell were ham radio, where they're just a little bit off frequency and it sort of makes it kind of garbled or some of the beeps. Um, and I just, I find it fascinating how, you know, the, the Foley artists back then were probably just using ham radio to mimic poor radio communications. So, yeah. I, So I'll tune back to uh, our frequency and see if uh, Eric has come up with anything. Nothing, Nothing yet. yet. And now I'm running now I'm into running a little bit of technical, technical, interesting technical, technical difficulties. We have two Eric's now. Yeah. Yeah. We've successfully managed to clone I, him. I, I don't. I don't think we, <laughs> the internet can support that. <laughs> uh, that no. Too much radio nerding. Yeah. How about now? Just one of me now. Yeah, just one of you. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep Good. the clone as a spare. Which one? Which one? Oh, don't, don't you ask questions. Don't you ask. Two is one, and one is none. So we'll keep a spare here, just in case. Yeah. We've got uh, we've got Kirk here in the live chat saying he could hear me at a four four. So we're getting out there. It's just a matter of getting people. Uh... And yeah, then we had uh, Keith in the chat saying a five eight in the Saskatchewan, but uh, not hearing him back. So it's we're getting out. People are hearing. It's just uh, a matter of getting uh, getting the receive end of things. And now, of course, something has changed around on my setup. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep uh, transmitting without fixing it. Uh-oh. But uh, we'll figure it out in a second here. But it's, um, yeah, this is the joys of ham radio. Uh, I can see Melissa in the uh, in the chat mentioning CQ, CQ, CQ. It, uh, it does get very cumbersome sitting here saying it over and over and over and over again. Um, I did that for the first probably month or two of seriously actually getting HF going and running. Um, and then I went out and upgraded my HF rig with a, um, a little chip that you can add into this radio. And most radio, most newer radios will be able to do this as well, where you can actually record your voice and then it'll play it for you. So now when I'm sitting here calling CQ, I'm doing it on the podcast just so everybody gets a feel for what it's like and you can hear me. Uh, but when I'm actually sitting here doing it, there's a little button on this radio. It's CH1. It's the first recording. I hit that and it's about a 20 to 25 second recording of me saying CQ, 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 uh, my call sign. Uh, then it tails off with any station anywhere standing by, like you heard me say. Uh, that way I'm not sitting here for, it can sometimes take up to a half hour of just calling CQ before you, uh, before you get anybody. So definitely worth the investment if your radio is upgradable to actually add that module. I suggested if you're seriously going to get into doing this or it look just if you're looking to buy a radio, find one that can do it natively and then you don't have to add it later. Um, this radio was a little bit of soldering to add the chip, not a big deal. Um, but if that kind of stuff makes you easy, especially with like a brand new radio, maybe look for one that's got it built in already. But um, 
yeah, it's one of the, the joys of, of ham radio is sometimes you repeat yourself at nauseum for about a half hour before you get someone. Um, just the way it is. Um, I'm getting married. I'm used to it. <laughs> I'm just not even going to go there. <laughs> uh, let's see. I don't know what else I can do to make this work the way that we want. But um, yeah. I have a question about range for you, Eric or Scott. Um, sure. how, what's the farthest your uh, signal has ever propagated uh, enough that you could establish good comms? Fantastic question. So I'm pulling my log up here. Uh, 2020, uh, October 19th, uh, 25 minutes past midnight UTC, I made contact with the uh, Slovak Republic. That was a pretty fun one. Wow. Yeah, the, and that there, was literally the setup. There are scenarios where your own wave will travel around the entire globe and echo back in your own ear. Yeah, you'll contact yourself. <laughs> well, that's impressive. Mm-hmm. And but, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe one day, Eric, when we were doing the the parks on the air, we uh, was it Portugal or Spain that we we got that oh, one yeah. day? Yeah. So I've got uh, I've just uh, so I've got logging software. So that's another thing with uh, HF Radio. A lot of people will log their contacts, uh, and it's for various things like awards and just keeping track of who you've contacted. So I've got mine loaded up here. Uh, I've made contact with uh, Alaska, which is not confirmed yet. I really wish they would confirm it because that's worth a point uh, for an award I'm working towards. Uh, Aruba, Australia, uh, Azores, Belgium, a uh, bunch of Canada. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Croatia, Cayman Islands, Chile, Czech Republic, uh, Ecuador, a bunch of England stations, uh, Germany, France. Hungary, bunch of Italy stations, Ireland, Panama, Poland, Portugal, Slovak Republic. Actually, two from Slovak Republic. Uh, what else? Spain is in here. Slovenia, Switzerland, Ukraine, and then a bunch of United States. So just wow. give you kind of an idea. And that's all literally off of this setup here, which is not. Oh, and Venezuela is in here as well, uh, which is not overly complicated. This my setup is literally a stock radio that you could buy from wherever you purchase them from and a wire in a tree in the backyard. That's about 30 feet up in the air. It's nothing fancy and it's a hundred Watts. It's nothing, nothing crazy. And, and how much uh, current the, or power does that consume at the socket? Uh, if you don't mind me asking. Oh yeah. So I'm just, uh, yeah, just my regular 110 outlet. Like it's nothing. Okay. There's nothing fancy here at, all it's uh, like there's a separate power supply for this radio because uh, they run on dc right so the power supply pulls from ac converts it into dc and then away you go but it's it is nothing fancy there's no no amplification here nothing like that so it's very very basic setup you don't need you know a lot of people think you need a really fancy setup with all these big amplifiers in order to make all these contacts around the world you don't it's literally 100 watt rig and a wire in a tree. And from a perspective, most radios run on uh, 12 volts of DC or 13.6, which is what a car battery actually puts out for that exact reason. Uh, so yeah. that a radio system can just be sitting there with a big battery and run. 
Brilliant. Thank you, Scott. That, that was taking me to my next question then is, uh, can an off-gridder like myself, who is also proposing to be mobile with his off-the-gridness, yes, I just invented that word. All of you English-speaking folks first. can cringe. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, thank you. Um, and if the power draw is not terribly uh, big, I'm pretty sure uh, one could get such a station up and running in no time flat and uh, be operating in no time, right? My uh, Myself and Jeff, just as an example, we'll go out to the local parks here and do what's called parks on the air. It's all portable operation. So I've got a little portable rig. Uh, I run just a uh, LifePo 4 battery and I've got my little amplifier that I can plug into that as well. And we've sat for a couple hours and just collect the contacts. I not even run the battery anywhere near down. And we've talked all over the world and that's Spain, Portugal, United States. And it's literally, there's a tree right by the parking lot. We throw the wire up in the tree, run the cable to the radio done. And it takes what, maybe seven minutes to set up Jeff. That's with stopping for coffee. Uh, coffee with Bailey's. Yes. Boat. Oh, Six, don't give the secrets away, that. Jeff. Don't give the secrets away. Uh, I'm not well, worried about is, that. This is very accessible then to the off-gridder. There's no reason not to, uh, just to have good communications alternatives yeah. for when the cell fails and uh, yep. for when all else fails. So, well, no, at yeah, that point, and, and, by the, sit by the tree and wait for the government. Yeah, and and so, you know, you, you see, you see a lot of people that I would say a lot, but. They have like a fancy antenna set up. They've got the big tower and they've got an antenna up and all that stuff. You don't need that to broadcast. Like Eric says, you need a radio, a piece of coax to get you to your antenna and stretch it between two trees and you're done. Like it's it, it. it's really not not difficult at all. Nope. I like so the Can simplicity. I use old speaker wire? What was that? Can I use some old speaker wire? Not old speaker yep. wire, but just That's how the, I started. Like the yep. the two strand wire. Yep, hundred percent. That's how I started out with uh, just some speaker wire. You're not gonna don't run high power on it. No, no, because <laughs> no, no. that's not gonna be good. But if you're running, yeah, uh, actually, some people quick, will yeah. do speak, Some people will do speaker wire, and no issue. Um, just so, to give an idea, here in the live chat, we've got a couple of. Uh, comments about where we were getting to so we got scott saying that i could pick me out in manitoba two by two so really low signal but i was there so i was making it in manitoba and then we've got uh, kirk saying there's a uh, 700 miles between uh, my qth so my home location and his so and he was here and hearing me so just to get an idea of where we we're getting out to uh keith in saskatchewan i may have mentioned this already saying that uh he could hear me in in Saskatchewan, but uh, my signal, his signal, wasn't getting to me. Um, so, just an idea where we were getting out to there. Thank you. Um, that's pretty impressive. Uh, how about those of us who uh, may have found our way into some Baofeng UV five Rs? I hear those can go into the eight watt range, which technically puts them into the ham space. Don't does it not? It. Uh, the wattage doesn't put them into the ham space. Uh, oh. But yeah, the they a lot of them are advertised they just slap a sticker on it with a power rating they'll sell them for eight watts they'll sell them for 10. Uh, i had the eight watt ones for a while and even on high power they're putting out maybe five watts okay yeah but and that's something that people get hung up on all the time 
that power is better. More power is better. Eh, yes and no. Uh, like with, with the uh, HF stuff, we can sit in a park and on like, actually, even when we were out on our, uh, our annual fishing trip, I had the same setup, like my portable setup uh, out there. And I was pushing about 24 watts, 24 to, to 30 watts. And we were hitting Spain. No problem. Wow. So it's, yeah, uh, yeah it's all about, and clear as day. Like we were getting five, nine signal reports back and forth. No issue. So it's, it's all about your setup, the time of day, propagation. Uh, the difference between 20, 30 watts and 100 watts is not going to be a lot as far as the strength of your signal getting out. It's all about the propagation. So it's, everybody always gets hung up on power, power, power. It's more antenna, antenna, antenna. Okay. So Good to know. We'll get some proper setup yeah. and 20 watts can get you far. Five watts can get you far. <laughs> so uh, have you noticed uh, that? Hmm? I, was, I, was, I was just going to say, and, and I, I mean, we sort of haven't really touched on it, but I mean, you've got to match your antenna to your radio. It's called the SWR. And the closer you can match your radio to your antenna, is gets you a much better signal um, receiving and and uh, sending out. Hundred percent. Yeah, SWR is a fun beast, and it will drive you nuts. But it's uh, it's all about uh, tuning your antenna. Uh, that's another ham radio argument that you will get into with a bunch of people, <laughs> as far as um, tune your radio, tune your antenna. Don't tune your antenna. You know what? Do it. Do what feels right to you. It's, it, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I see uh, Blizzard FPV in the chat asking twenty four watts. How uh, how much money? Uh, selfless uh, or shameless self promotion here. There is a link to a twenty watt uh, radio that I happen to sell. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, just just throwing it out there. Um, so, do, do you find that in maybe the winter months, uh, there tends to be a little bit more um, uh, volume on the ham compared to the nicer things where people may be more inside and like, okay, my stuff works. And then when the nice weather comes around, you know, and they're doing stuff with the family, going up to the cottage, and doing this, that. So, do, do you find that influx in, you know, potential time of year? Or, you know, in a blizzard that there may be a few extra people online in comparison to normal? Time of year, you'll see, um, and Kirk, I saw your message there about the 7247. We'll try it in a second here. Um, time of year, you'll see parks on the air activations is really popular the last couple of years. You'll see them go, you'll see them get higher during this nicer summer weather because people are out traveling, right? And they're not in their house. So you'll see a lot more portable operators that way. Um, but really, okay. it, all throughout the year, there's contests and there's people constantly on more so in the evenings and during the day, but there's always people on chatting. It's uh, some days are busier than others, but I've, I haven't seen a consistent drop per se. It's just yeah. usually the days that I have free time and I can get onto the radio, which are very rare these days. Nobody else is on, <laughs> but uh, let's try and see if we can get Kirk here. I think I've got everything uh flipped around so i should be able to transmit again and if you guys can just confirm for me in a second that you can hear the radio that's not good 
Lots of feedback. Yeah, that got a little that got a little feedback, didn't it? Huh. Yep. I don't know why that is. <laughs> yeah. So technical troubles all of a sudden. Um the joys of doing this live. It was working beautifully, and then uh yeah, things switched around. Um what if I do this one? Okay, let's try this again and let's see if we can. Apologies if it does feedback again. And let me know if you can hear the radio. Anything? Anything? Oh, oh, two, two me's. You. Two you's. Two's of you's. You. Two of you, yeah. Ah. Oh, this is, this is a lot of fun. Like I said, it's either going to go really well or it's going to fall apart. So far, I think it's gone well. So yeah. at least mm -hmm. we get. Uh, Guess we hit the. Let's see if I do this one. I think this is the one I did last time, and it. We got feedback. Okay, I'll try it again, and I'll kill the feedback real quick if we get uh, if we get feedback. Oh, oh two me's. Two me's. Two's me's. Yeah, no, tons of feedback. Yep. I don't know why that is. That is strange. Well, that might uh, that might kill us for uh, for doing any more um, any more tests today, unless you do this. And let's see if you guys can hear the radio. I do it this way. Nope. Well, I'm not going to troubleshoot it live anymore. Unfortunately, it's not going to work. Uh, but um, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. uh, do we have any other it questions? Did, it did, work and, it did yep. work and people got to hear what it's going to sound like and how things kind of work. And uh, I would call it a success for sure. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least it worked for a little bit there, and I don't know what changed uh, the joys of technology. Something flipped in when one of my settings here. I'm running multiple programs for those that can't see my screen. I'm piping the audio through to you guys um, through one program, and then I got to pipe the audio through my mic through the rig to for another program. So one of them is not too happy uh, for whatever reason. I don't know, but. Uh, I will definitely uh, looking at the uh, the live viewers for this show. I will definitely do another one like this. It seems to be pretty popular. We started up around twenty the twenty two, which uh, is pretty close to a record for us. So I'm guessing it's a popular topic. <laughs> so we well, should definitely I do have a question for you, Eric. Oh, yeah. uh, seeing as this is so popular, and same thing for Scott or Jeff, whoever is on this uh, call that's been taking the courses or run written the exams. Um, What's the math load for those of us who haven't done serious math in uh, 20 some years? One plus one is like 17 in my world. So if I can do it, you'll be fine. I don't remember well, there being too much math. Yeah, at all. It's, it's, it's not bad at all. I mean, it's yeah, more just yeah, it's understanding the, the big concepts of how radio waves travel around the world and being polite so you're not causing interference on other people's frequencies. <laughs> Good, because I'm I started getting a little intimidated just opening the book and going through page, uh, like chapters one and two. That was, oh my God. I started getting flabbergasted and flustered there. And 
to have that question answered, oh, I, I'm feeling a lot better now. And the, to make uh, make life maybe a little bit easier for people, I'm working through my uh, my Morse code uh, certification. Once I'm able, or proficiency, once I'm able to get that added onto my license, then I can actually do uh, proctoring for exams. So um, I'll put that out to people once um, once it's a possibility. Uh, maybe it just makes your life a little bit easier to, to have a familiar face on the other end when you're writing the exam versus someone you don't know. Yeah. But I'll open that up to people as well once... Uh, once I get to that stage, I'm not there yet. I still got to pass that proficiency for the Morse code, uh, which is only five words a minute. It's not bad, but uh, takes what time to learn. What do we do to help? Yeah. <laughs> we start talking in Morse code, Brad. I'll so, get you in touch with someone that used to do uh, 45 words a minute. Yeah. Oh, good. Perfect. <laughs> we just got to take <laughs> 40 words a minute down to five and we'll be good to go. Yeah. Uh, any other questions from uh, from the panel <laughs> or the live chat? No, I'll just say it was a, uh, it was kind of cool, and it. thank you. Yeah, it, it was, it was just nice to see because, like, yeah, the ham thing was always curious to me, but I have the attention span of a squirrel sometimes. But you know, <laughs> to actually like see and like More understand like a, a little bit, and, like visually see, like okay, change the frequencies and this that, and then get a little bit uh, has got me a little more intrigued. So it's much appreciated. Awesome. Uh, that was kind of my hopes for this uh, this episode is just kind of demystify what it sounds like and what it's all about there. Um, what I can do uh, as well, if people are interested in the Discord, we tested this out about a year or so ago. Um, we can hop into the Discord and do this as well. Uh, it's actually a lot easier to set up in Discord than it is <laughs> to set up. Uh, it's literally yeah. two, two mouse clicks and I have everything done and I don't have to worry about having four or five different programs piping stuff around. So uh, if people are interested, um, send me an email. I can even do one-on-one uh, -on -one meetings with people in, in the Discord. We can get a group together if we want. If you want to try and just do some contacts, if you're new to ham radio and you've got a rig and you're just nervous about getting out on the air and you want to practice a bit, shoot me a message in the Discord, flip me an email, uh, feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Uh, we're also trying to organize a, uh, a preppers um, net uh, being NVIS. So if you check out, was it episode 195? We did NVIS. Uh, we're trying to do that for local comms and get something going where once a week or once every other week, whichever we kind of designate, uh, we'll have a net controller and we'll just do some check-ins with everybody to see everybody, you know, what's going on. You want to talk about anything preparedness related, uh, that kind of thing and get people on the air chatting. So we're, we're going to start rolling that out uh, shortly. There's a group of us in Ontario that, um, that are all kind of in the, the prepper world or prepper landscape. And we're talking about getting that set up. So uh, stay tuned for that uh, with all the, the free time I have that is so. <laughs> we'll, we'll get it to work eventually. But, uh, and and that's yeah, yeah, this, this is going to be more fun in the summer anyway. It will be, yeah, because you can sit on the back deck with a beer. It'll be great. <laughs> or a whiskey or a rum. Or a whiskey or whatever, yeah. Yeah, I saw that, Kurt. <laughs> but they will antenna. <laughs> Actually, yes, we're going to do an episode where we take random preparedness items and see if they will antenna. I so think like that'll this be one? Yeah. Yeah, we'll see if that will. Yeah, we'll see if that will antenna. Which is which is yep. custom mm -hmm. made. That has yeah. a pretty slick looking logo on it. Yeah, hey, like and it. we figured it out how to get it a little better centered. We figured <laughs> it out tonight. Unfortunately, not on that one, but we're, we're figuring it out, buddy. Fantastic! I like looking it. Good, looking good. <laughs> oh. 
All right. Any other questions in the live chat for uh, for this ham radio nerd stuff? Um, no. Ballpark, if you want to get into it and get not top of the line, something efficient, whatever, what would you, what would be your give or take startup costs on sure. getting yourself a rig, an antenna, and something to at least start transmitting? Fantastic question there. Yep. So my setup here, and again, this is my first HF uh, radio. Uh, I guess technically the 5105 was the first one I bought because it just looked fancy and transportable. I learned later on it's not going to actually do what I want until I got in the parks in the air. But anyways, this is my first actual radio that I used for a while, uh, the Kenwood TS590. Uh, bought it secondhand, like I mentioned. Uh, got it off of uh, Ontars, which is an Ontario um, ham radio site. They do all kinds of stuff. They've got a buy-sell swap page. Uh, shortwave listener was selling it. It cost me 800 bucks cash, and that was shipped to the door. So he shipped it to me, 800 bucks. Uh, it's been a fantastic radio. The antenna that I have out in the back was about 200 and change. Uh, I've gone through a couple of antenna setups since uh, since getting set up. Uh, first one I, I put up was um, an NFED, and it was about 150. Uh, I put up a G5RV. It was what 65 bucks. I bought it used. You can get a lot of stuff used, and a lot of I think I mentioned this in a couple of the ham radio episodes that we've done. A lot of the stuff that you purchase used is going to be well maintained, well looked after because ham operators tend to take pride in their equipment. Um, this, for example, my my Kenwood. When I say this, and I'm pointing down my radios right here. Um, the Kenwood it came with the original box, original receipt, the original power cable, original microphone, um, all that kind of stuff. The and the guy had, had manual, it the whole yeah, everything. The operator manual, everything. It was as if I just got it from the store, and that was from the gentleman that had bought it from the store like 10, 15 years ago. So, and you see a lot of that on the buy sell swap sites. They will say, "Manual box, everything is yours." So nice. uh, there is uh, there is some great pride kept in these uh, in these devices that uh, the operators have um, so not to say there aren't a few out there that will try to will try to scam you so obviously still pay attention to the ad pay attention to the person and you know do do your typical checks that you're gonna do before you buy something online but um, mo I, most of my stuff's all been secondhand so I'd budget around a thousand fifteen hundred bucks to get started in HF and okay that's, and that's, not, that that's not, terrible. It's not question. Cheap, Go for it. Um, so certain machines, like in the computer world, we know that you know if I buy a 10-year-old server, it's probably going to be a little old and moldy and not going to be able to handle certain kinds of modern workloads, right? So uh, is it the same with older radios? Yeah, great question. So some of the older radios, if you buy them, they won't do digital modes natively. So if you're going to want to get into digital, you're going to want to send like WinLink, so email over HF, or you want to get into FT8 like we talked about, or um, Vera AC, or any of those kind of things that we heard at the beginning, uh, they might not do those natively. You can buy add-on cards and, and such that will let you do it. Uh, but if that's something you want to get into, look for a radio that has a built-in sound card already that will allow you to do it. Um, so like this TS590, just sheer luck. I had no idea what I wanted to get into when I picked this thing up. Uh, I just saw it. It was in my price range. It was, you know, looked like a decent setup. I grabbed it. Sheer luck. It's got a built-in sound card so I can do all the digital modes. Uh, but that was one thing where I went, okay, thank goodness that it has it. Because if not, I'd be out more money getting a, 
uh, an interface to allow me to do digital. I don't do a lot of digital, but I do play around a little bit with WinLink and, and FT8 and such and sometimes. So um, yeah, do research, just figure out exactly what you want to do. If you want to do digital, get the sound card, but older equipment still works. And I've actually talked to a lot of hams that will mention having an older radio makes it repairable yourself. Oh, right? music to my Versus ears. Some of the newer stuff where they're getting fancy and they've got like software defined radios and, and all that kind of stuff. You're not fixing it yourself just because schematics aren't available. Parts are hard to fix. The older stuff, like my, my Kenwood here, like I said, I popped it open and I added those two extra modules to it myself. Soldered a couple of chips on the board. Done. Didn't have to send it to anybody. Um, if that's in your skill set, perfect. But I did it all here just with a solder iron myself. Um, okay. So there's that as well. And you can get into some really old, 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 old stuff that runs off of tubes. Tubes are hard to find. But if you've got them and you stockpile them, prepper anybody, uh, then, you know, you, you can uh, replace stuff there. So older it is, easier it is to fix but might not work with some of the more modern stuff, um, but will work single sideband. So talking, you can still do that with all, any of the radios that can get on the ham frequency, as long as they're transmitting appropriately on that frequency, game on. They're, they'll still work. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, a, a quick follow-up one, and it'll be my last one. I, I got so many questions, but this is a good one. Um, I'm starting to see I'm going to have to brush off the old uh, soldering skill sets and uh, get much better at it than when I was in the high school electronics. Are there other peripheral skill sets that uh, an aspiring ham radio operator could work on other than soldering and understanding basic uh, antenna theory? Uh, basic electrical theory okay. is on the exam. So you'll want to know just your basic electrical. Uh, and that's really just boils down to a safety thing, right? They want to make sure that you're not hooking things up wrong and frying your equipment or killing yourself because sometimes you're dealing with some pretty serious power. Uh, so yeah, basic electrical theory is definitely something you're going to want to to be okay. familiar with. Uh, and really beyond that is mic fright is something you might want to work on because a lot of hams will get a radio and then go, um, I don't want to say anything. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow. I'll transmit tomorrow. I'll transmit tomorrow. Right. So that's another thing to work through is just getting over that fear of, of talking into a microphone out into the void. Um, and it takes time. That's why I always offer uh, anybody, even like when I'm doing like these shows here or anybody I'm talking to, I always offer, if you want to hop on a video chat or on the phone or whatever, and just do a couple of contacts between the two of us, a friendly face, somebody that you, you at least feel like, you know, already from watching 200 podcasts or whatever, uh, let's just hop yeah. on and do a quick contact that way. Right. Kind of get the, get yeah. the uh, mic right out and then get to transmitting. But those are two other things that I would say. you should. And it, it also really helps when, you know, you have a FaceTime or video chat going conversation, phone doesn't matter where you have some alternate communication so you can troubleshoot both ends of the conversation yes. and try and make con the contact you're intending yeah oh, that's that's a great point um, i'm a huge fan of working with your people networks and relying on them and uh there's just another example of it there so thanks for that scott that's brilliant And uh, Unger in the live chat is just asking if I want to know what my radio is uh, new because he's pulled it up on Radio World. Um, 
this radio is actually discontinued. So the one you're looking at on Radio World is the 590S. Uh, no, TS, sorry. But um, I'm still curious. I think it's in around like the 1500 mark, if I remember correctly. But um, yeah, the that's why I buy used. And there's nothing wrong with buying used equipment. Like I said, nope. most of it is well-maintained and looked after. So, yeah. And it's, the frequencies haven't changed over the decades. So they're still the same frequencies. So... My, mine was also used and came in the original box with the original manual. <laughs> Everything except the yeah. power cable, because uh, the guy sort of had that in his uh, <laughs> his set. Yeah, so Unger's looked it up on uh, Radio World, which is a retailer in uh, Toronto, and uh, nineteen hundred bucks for the uh, the newer model of the TS five ninety. So they they are oh, not cheap if you're getting into new uh, new the new market. So it's. Like I said, keep an eye out for the deals on on various sites. It's well worth getting into the used market. I hear great things about a twenty watt uni. You can get it. Uh, what's that place? Rapid Survival. <laughs> <laughs> there is that place. Yes, six twenty five yeah. for that one. Yeah. So uh, for those that are wondering, uh, that's the Zygu G ninety is uh, is one that I carry. I do happen to have two of them in stock, uh, but uh, that's a little twenty watt radio that is portable and runs off of um, a battery. Uh, so there's no internal battery, but it is a, a fantastic little portable radio. Uh, yes, it's a Chinese radio. Some people will curse and swear about that, uh, but I've run the Zygu stuff and it's, you know, some it's a little flaky here and there for some of the software, the G90 I've heard, I haven't used it personally myself, uh, but I've heard that, that software is pretty rock solid, but I've been happy with my Zygu stuff. So I wouldn't ever suggest anybody new in ham radio start out with a 20 watt radio. It just gets frustrating. If you're trying to make contacts on lower power, start out with something that's at least a hundred Watts, uh, starting out with the 20, you might actually like right now we're getting into a really good solar cycle. So you may, yes, make a lot of contacts with it. You might not. So start out with the hundred Watts. And then later on, if you want to get into the more portable stuff, uh, then drop down to what we would call QRP or low power radio. But um, yeah, I wouldn't start out with it. Well, it looks like at least it's got a metal frame. I might be able to do some cool stuff with that. That is true. Yeah. Or casing, I should say. Maybe not frame, but metal casing. Nice. That's definitely uh Yeah. Any, any other questions, comments, concerns no. about radio? Uh, no more questions because it's already starting to cost me too much. Um, but <laughs> but uh, quick, quick comments. Um, yeah, thank you very much for you know the quick uh, uh, tr- troubleshooting last night, which helped for tonight and everything. And yeah, just the curiosity of how all of it works and realizing it's. I, I felt like I was uh, during the Cold War, or like I was a secret spy trying to intercept the message to like you know win the battle or something. So it was cool. Yeah, it's much appreciated for uh, the help, guys. Thank you. I, well, well, thank you, gentlemen, for helping me out last night and getting this sorted out. Because without you guys, I wouldn't have known if it was going to work. <laughs> and then we yeah. would have showed up tonight just going cross our fingers uh, <laughs> to throw out there the whole uh, hearing different transmissions just to go down the rabbit hole. Cause we're here. Um, there are pirate radio stations that you can listen to as well. 
And if that's a thing you want to do, um, they hang out usually just below 40 meters where we were playing today. And they'll do all kinds of fun stuff. They'll play music. There'll be DJs that come on the odd time and identify themselves with fun <laughs> names, whatever. And they'll also send the slow scan TV, so SSTV, which you can decode. It's a digital thing, so you can decode it on your computer or on your phone. And it's literally a picture. So there's one, um, was it Outhouse Radio? And they send fun SSTV images. I'll leave it there. Uh, <laughs> but it's just it's kind of cool stuff like that, right? So if, if you're into that sort of thing or you're bored one night and you want to scan around just under 40 meters, you can pick up some cool um, pirate radio stations. Um, there's number stations out there. If you want to get into the number stations, just throw number stations into YouTube. There's all kinds of videos on number stations already. Uh, there's a bunch of religious stations that are out there transmitting a, t- a bunch as well. Uh, there's all kinds of fun stuff you can get into outside of the ham bands, um, which gets in the shortwave listening that you can do with your HF rig. Um, so it's just another thing that to go and play around with. Um, if the bands aren't working all that great, you want to go maybe see if you can hear them. Um, there's time stations as well that transmit the, like the atomic clock and all that kind of stuff. So if you want to go listen to a monotone tone chime and then tell you what time it is, you can hey, do there's that. There's one in Ottawa. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, so there's all that kind of stuff too, but we're going down a whole other rabbit hole that we could probably cover off in another episode. Or two. Or two or five or 10. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you, if you Google HF underground, it'll show that's a pretty popular site that uh, lists all the current um, pirate radio stations. People will actually log in there and post what they can hear the frequency, uh, all the, all the settings that you had to put in your radio to hear them and what time they were hearing the station at. And then you can um, put it into your radio and, and listen to it as well. So nice. there's always that option. So there's all kinds of fun stuff you can see. I, I can see wheels turning in frugal gunny's head. <laughs> there's always a few mice rolling around in here <laughs> good good now they've got radios so even better <clears throat> awesome well if there's any other questions i'll open it up once more from uh, either live chat or panelists no i got lots to process now good. Awesome. Well, like I said, I'll open it up. Anybody wants to hop on the Discord, send me a message. Um, we can do a, a little group chat thing in there and, and do some contacts and do more radio like this uh, very easily one evening. Just let me know and we can make our uh, schedules line up accordingly. Um, uh, yeah, with that, uh, maybe we'll move in to the podcast challenge. And I know this one's going to be shocking for everybody, but yeah. uh, study for your ham license. And that way we can get more people and more contacts. Uh, upcoming yeah. events, annual peppers meets coming up in uh, Desboro, Ontario. Uh, so same location as last year. It's running July the 6th to the 9th, 2023. Uh, early bird tickets are going on sale April 2nd. So uh, check that out. Just throw an annual pepper meet into Google. Comes up on the top of the list. So have a look at that. Should be a good one this year. And uh, Jeff, you got a weather blurb. I certainly do. So uh, the cold air from the polar vortex breakdown uh, is still hanging around. Uh, It'll continue to cool at much of the lower central U.S. for uh, the next couple of days. Like I'm talking Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, they're getting close to or around the freezing mark. Uh, Believe it or not, there's a chance for snow in some of the higher elevations in northern Mexico. Not New Mexico, Mexico. 
uh, having said that, uh, on Wednesday, Thursday, um, things will change. There'll be a big rush of very warm air that will uh, start to appear and try to push into the deep south. Uh, that's going to clash with the cold air, and there is a good chance that that could produce some severe storms, uh, specifically in the northern Texas, Oklahoma area. Uh, and then by next weekend, we're back to the cold air again. It's just kind of a repeating cycle a little bit. Um, going to go on maybe for the next couple of weeks. Um, California can't catch a break. They're in line for another atmospheric river tonight and tomorrow. Uh, a lot of the areas uh, in the Sierra Nevadas and that, their snow totals are, have exceeded 200% of their yearly average. Um so, you know, you talked about the uh, the shortage, that water shortage there. I'll have to look into that one. Um, I hadn't heard that, but I mean, that's over in Arizona. I'll go and kind of have a look at that. So um, maybe next, uh, next week I'll have something to say on that. Uh, sorry, Brad, but next Saturday there is the potential for another Great Lakes storm. Uh, more details and timing are coming uh, as we get closer and the models start to come into an agreement, um, yeah. they're all saying something's coming. They just don't know whether it's going to be all rain, rain and ice, ice and snow, um, all of that. But I'll, I'll keep you posted. I'll pop it into the Discord as I get a bit more information and so, things kind of, as I say, the models start to come into agreement. So, yeah. Do you mean this Saturday coming up or the Saturday like 13 days from now? No, Saturday coming. The Saturday, seven days from now. Uh, or six days from now. Mm -hmm. all right, so, gosh. yes, when Brad wants to work on as well. <laughs> I, I, I'm not worried about that. I'm, I'm on my honeymoon that day. Oh, well. Stay warm. Priorities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got many things planned. Alright, so anybody have any shout-outs? No shout-outs. Email was dry this week. No shout-out so, to, to, uh, to you and Scott, Eric. You guys did a lot of work on this, trying to set this all up and whatnot, and I think it was a good success, so uh, thank you for doing it for sure, guys. I'm happy to. Let's uh, demystify things if we can. Ah. It's a lot of fun. Okay, so you still haven't answered my question, though. What's the mustard? <laughs> Classic Frenches. You can get it anywhere. Stores well. Yeah. Stock up now. I, you know, Dijon is great if you want to go down that road. I'm just going to go with any kind of smoky mustard because electronics run on smoke. And if you let the smoke out, it's done. Mm. I once I had a German <laughs> mustard with bacon in it. And it was heavenly. So mustard oh, wow. with bacon in it. There you have it. Yeah. Heck yeah. Nice. I like it. So before <laughs> we um, kind of plug out and do the outro and that, do we want to uh, have a quick uh, throw out to the, the people out there what we're going to do for next week? Yeah, we can. Sure. Yeah. Episode number 200 is coming up on Sunday. Mm -hmm. So what we want to do is... Do similar to episode 100, we're going to do open up the uh, panel here. The panel is always open for people to come join, but uh, we figured we'd open it up, let people come and go as they please. Uh, 
obviously, if you start going offside, you're going to get kicked. But um, you know what? It is what it is. Um, but we'll open it up to people. Come on in. Let's have a roundtable chat about uh, just preparedness. Maybe mention your uh, favorite episode or favorite moments from uh, various episodes up to uh, number 200. And uh, we're just going to open it up and do a roundtable chat with everybody. Uh, I know that probably one of the favorite ones is going to be Alan's Rage Quit. We'll just put that oh, out there. For sure. <laughs> but we have 200 episodes to pull from. So uh, we're just going to open it up to uh, a good roundtable chat with uh, panelists, viewers. If you don't want to come on uh, the panel, you don't have to. You can do it in the live chat, obviously. Or if you don't want to use your webcam when you're on, you can just come on audio like Scott does. It's no problem at all. So we'll yep. leave that kind of open. And I'm going to push that out to the Discord as well because uh, I see we've dropped down uh, quite a bit from viewers here. Uh, and I don't expect everybody to listen for two hours and 20 minutes. So, <laughs> um, Also, but, maybe we'll put this out there that there might be a specific uh, new prize for someone that wants to participate, send some feedback in. Uh, something special or whatever so everybody that uh comes on and may have uh send an email or something maybe we can do a little bit of a draw for some stuff well there you, you go. don't know what it is yet i mean you guys know what it is but nobody else does <laughs> yeah cool we're doing a draw there you go that'll yes. get people in awesome. there you go yeah free shit always gets some people in <laughs> oh yeah absolutely yeah, we haven't we haven't done a giveaway in quite a while so it's good i think the last one was uh uh the uh, the first aid book there so cool yeah Doctor Bones like Doctor Bones yeah yeah I love cool. it all back all right well with that then I'll bring episode number one hundred and ninety nine of the Canadian Prepper podcast to an end uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes Podbean Spotify apparently HF tonight uh, or your favorite podcast app. Please help us out, submit a review. It does help other people find us. And we do record these shows live on Facebook and YouTube. If you want an early peek at the shows, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Canadian Prepper Podcast, and click the notifications tab. Uh, that will give you an alert when we are going live. Uh, you can reach me at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca, or I am frequently on the Discord. You can get Scott also at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca or potentially on whatever HF bands happen to be open that night. <laughs> Anybody wants to reach out? Batbradcpp at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me for pretty much anything, uh, off the wall customizing, we're on all the socialist medias. Um, if you want me on the Discord, send me a private message. I lost track of it. There's so many notifications. I just gave up on it. Or you can find me on Monday nights on the used tubes uh, doing on the other CPP, the Patriot podcast, where I talk about my critique of the government. And there's way more reasons we hit the explicit button. <laughs> you do realize it's dangerous to tell the internet if you want to contact me for pretty much anything. Just saying that's, that's dangerous. 20 bucks, 20 bucks, buddy. Have you seen the fucking price of eggs? <laughs> not wrong. I can't grow fucking chicken. I can't have chickens. I gotta find uh, eggs somewhere, buddy. Jeez. <laughs> YouTube, it was fun. We'll see you on tour next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Frugal Gunny, where can everybody find you? 
so I'm on the face crack. If anybody wants to find me, you'll find me on the Facebook. You'll find me on the YouTube. And geez, I'm even on the Instagram now. So yeah, I think the only place I'm not on is Twitter. And oh, geez, I, hell might freeze over before that happens. So we'll see. Likewise. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. All right. Uh, check out Rapid Survival, rapidsurvival.com. Uh, there might be some HF radios there. Uh, you can also get me on the live chat and uh, feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. So uh, thanks for joining us. Until next time, be prepared, stay safe. And keep learning. <laughs> <laughs>